Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast. My name's Paul, and today we're charging up our Mega Busters. Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast, the podcast that's fluent in gaming. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that is very near and dear to our hearts, the little blue hero Mega Man. Um, but before we get into that topic, first I want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoy what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And um, what do the kids say now? They say smash that subscribe button. Is that it? <laughs> like and subscribe if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Or maybe you don't like really like it unless you're violent towards the subscribe yeah, exactly. button. So. Exactly. You can't yes. Gently subscribe. You gotta <laughs> smash it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And before we move on to the topic, uh, of course, my co-hosts uh, to the far east of me, out of New York City, Ozzy. It's Brooklyn, man. Guys, how are you? Isn't Brooklyn like New York? Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 I am Brooklyn man in terms of the the Mega Man boss masters. So. Oh, I see you're Brooklyn. <laughs> hey man, let me Sorry. tell you, Brooklyn man would have been a lot better than some of the ones that we've seen. Yeah, I think so. And then to the east of me, also Arnaldo out of Virginia. Yo, I'm back after being absorbed into my mind. <laughs> oh man, I know, right? <laughs> And uh, south of me, special guest host today, Brandon out of California. How you doing, man? Uh, good morning. Doing well here. Uh, before we uh, move on to Mega Man, which is like the third time I've said that now, um, <laughs> Brandon is a buddy of ours that we've been chatting on Instagram with for a little while now um, and a big fan of video games. Brandon takes pretty much the best game pictures I've seen on the internet. Are we in agreement on this? Uh, yeah, unanimously. Yeah, I don't expect Brandon to agree with that, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm obsessive, so I'm, I'm not sure if I want to <laughs> give myself that amount of credit. So, <laughs> yeah. he also has one of the best usernames. Oh yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you want to check out Brandon's work uh, at Super Sparkster, yeah. um, he has uh, you know it's actually the pictures are fantastic. But when I first started following his account, it was actually his captions. I was like. This guy's hilarious. He can do it all in one <laughs> sentence. Once half the battle usually driving into work, man, like, how do I make yet another joke on Mario 3? You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey man, when did you first start gaming anyway? I started gaming very, very young. I think I was one of the only kids in my elementary school with the 32X Sega CD Genesis monstrosity. Um, nice. you know, so I... I, uh, yeah, very long time ago. My brother and I were really into games very young. Um, kind of took a hiatus from it when I was a bit older in high school and college. I got into, like, music and film and, um, but it's come full circle here. So, yeah, 30, 30 years now probably is the good answer. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think that's the story with a lot of people around our age in uh, like mm -hmm. early to mid 30s or Arnaldo's like late 20s but <laughs> whatever same thing um, is that we all start out as kids doing it and then kind of move away from it and then eventually like in Godfather 3 we all get pulled back in 
<laughs> right. And and then we murder our, our confidants. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah. yeah we, we take our analogies very seriously. Yes, we are committed. Um, so anyhow, uh, we're going to actually, uh, it's not just Mega Man we're talking about. We're talking about just the first six titles in the uh in the nes um for us to talk about you know every mega man game would would be bonkers it's it would be almost like we talked about every controller that's ever made right so yeah just the first six and uh i guess the best place to start is just by asking the question you know what is mega man um i'm sure the vast majority of our listeners will will know exactly who he is um, but just to kind of set the table here, uh, Mega Man is a run-and-gun slash platformer, kind of, I don't know, kind of like a hybrid. Would you guys say that, you know, where you have kind of a little bit of a Contra feel, but also a Mario feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. Yeah, I, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a little bit, when you talk run-and-gun, you kind of think Contra. Um, but compared to Mega Man, it, it has, as you say, that Mario feel where it's a little bit, more slower paced and you have less of like the the just shooting emphasis it's more of a puzzle where you have to figure out how to get through a particular area um, with platforming so i don't think the emphasis on something like contrast on platforming it's just pure run and gun action and it's just making sure that you aim and you shoot and you react quickly Mega Man kind of blends that with uh, the twitchy you know shooting mechanics but also it's about the platforming. So you may have yeah. to be jumping on spike, you know, like to avoid spikes, um, platforms that disappear or whatever the case may be. And each kind of um, stage or scene, it's a puzzle unto itself. So I, I, if, if I had to compare it to Mario, I would say um, Donkey Kong 1994. Did you guys ever play that on the Game Boy? Um, it, it's more like that where you have to get to... A particular platform you go from a to b and you have enemies that are kind of swooping in on you as you go so um it's more of an emphasis on on slower paced uh platforming but also running and gunning so it's it, it makes it so that it's constantly exciting and thrilling but mm-hmm. also it, it does feel like you have to emphasize precision and, and making sure you time your moves well yeah no i i agree with that i, I think yeah, the platforming element is a lot more based on on timing and puzzles and figuring out the best way to go about it. Um, where something like Contra, the only platforming puzzle is being on the waterfall level and making sure you don't kill your friend who's lagging behind. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely a lot more thought put into um, that component of the game. Yeah, and and compare. I mean, it, it, one of the things about Contra is that. Just taking a step back, uh, Mega Man was was developed by Capcom, and we all know and love Capcom, but at the time, Capcom was not really a huge player, um, and we're talking about the mid-1980s. But Capcom, like other companies, they were also uh, developing arcade games. I mean, that's really where they cut their teeth. And Contra is very much an arcade game. I mean, you could you could apply it to the arcades, and it feels just as good as it feels on the consoles because it's fast. You get through six levels, and that's it. You're done. Whereas Mega Man, I think Mega Man really marked the inflection point between the move away from the arcade-like sensibilities towards a slower-paced console-like game. I think it was Mario Brothers, and then Mega Man was the natural progression 
for action games in terms of moving into a console uh, more oriented mentality where you could choose the various bosses, you could choose your play style. Um, and I think it's because of that that it's a more slower paced game compared to Contra. Yeah, I think unlike a lot of... And, you know, it's funny, I was about to call it a hybrid, but it wasn't even... You can't even really call it a hybrid as we as we know them today, where you take, you know, two genres and kind of mash them up. It, it, Mega Man, it just at this point just kind of feels like its own thing, even. Yeah. And uh, and I think it just kind of executes it perfectly. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, I don't much... know how many games I've like referred to, and I'm trying to explain them. I'm like, well, it's like Mega Man. You know, it's become <laughs> this such a standard by this point in time where uh yeah yeah no, yeah it, it was very much the dark souls of its time um just just to get that out of the way real early yeah just, I was gonna <laughs> just, just, just to you know already throw that out there um no in the sense that it it it, it built on play mechanics that may have come before but it very much did it in its own idiosyncratic way so for example like dark souls did action hack and slash and the like but it also did it in a very methodical, animation-oriented way, whereas Mega Man did the same thing for run-and-gun games um, in its own very particular style. And I'm kind of thinking about other games of the time. You know, they were all kind of trying to figure out what exactly would translate to the console. So Bionic Commando, for example, it used like the grappling mechanics and the like. Uh, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I-, I guess Ninja Gaiden is similar to Mega Man in a way, um, but. You know, it's more slashing oriented because you have the the blade and you have less of an emphasis. You don't have an emphasis on shooting, really. But yeah. all of them were just kind of trying to figure out what worked in a console environment. Well, it's pretty it's pretty interesting in that regard because I think, I mean, obviously, you know, it reminds me almost like of the thirty two bit era too, where people are just kind of throwing stuff against the wall and and seeing what sticks, seeing what works. Um, <laughs> Which. Um, it, it, it would seem it would seem you know to make sense that you would have a character that shoots you know lasers out of his arm. Um, yeah. it, it sooner or later someone would have <laughs> would have come up with that. And oh, actually, yeah. actually, actually, no, Metroid had already released by then. So so you could technically say that Metroid did Mega Man before Mega Man. In a way. <laughs> um, there was an anime was... called. Um... And there's a Sega CD game of this anime, and the Sega CD game is worth a mint. Uh, Space Adventure Cobra. Yeah, I, ha- I have that one sitting here. Actually. I thought you did. I thought I saw a picture of that one. It made yeah, me. Yeah, I, I convinced my my dad to buy me that one when I was like eleven. We were in oh, a wow. yeah, we were in a Walmart, and I saw like a chick on the front with like a gun and a bikini doing a ninja kick. I'm like, this game must uh, have everything I could ever want. That's all you needed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and it was like five bucks or something. I was like, and this. Sneak it into the cart, see if they notice, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I'm nice. up with that one. Nice. Well, that, I mean, that character, that character Cobra, that's from the late 70s. And uh, and he's got the laser gun arm looking very, very similar to Mega Man's. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's not the only influence Mega Man kind of got the design from. I, I think the main influence there was Astro Boy. And uh, then the different bosses and power-ups... Um, as we saw in that interview that we read about with, uh, with Akira Kitamura, um, some influences there from Ninja Captor. And I see your notes here, Ozzy, with a, with a Super Sentai team with different powers. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Actually, uh, in the interview, Kitamura, who is kind of together with Keiji Inafune, they're kind of the, the, 
the fathers of Mega Man, even though Keiji Inafune is really the one that has uh, gotten uh, most of the recognition nowadays. But they actually, if you if you see Mega Man's um, helmet, there's kind of like a, like a platform on the center or the like. Um, when you acquired new um, new power-ups, uh, you know the the helmet was supposed to change and, ref- and represent kind of like the element or like the thing. So if like it was like a gear, or it could be like water, or it could be like uh, uh, you know a lightning type thing, um, and they decided that they couldn't do it, and the implication was that it would have been too clear of a copyright infringement um, <laughs> if they did that. <laughs> so they decided to to go against it. Um, but as you said, Paul, I, I really think Osamu Tezuka's Astro Boy um, is really a big influence. I mean, the idea of um, a little boy robot uh, being created by the scientist that fights against evil, um, it's very much uh, Astro Boy in every sense, and you know, to to say that Astro Boy is an influence is kind of uh, it's kind of uh, 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 it's, it's it's clear that everyone in Japan, almost every animation was influenced by Astro Boy in some way. But uh, Mega Man, more than most, it seemed very much like a direct you know translation of Astro Boy. I was gonna say, what's the first Mega Man game that you played, Brandon? I would say two or three. It's hard to remember, but I know my brother and I rented from a mom-and-pop video store either two or three, and I got into them from there. How was that, like playing it for the first time? Uh, it was great, and my, my brother and I, we had really uh, similar gaming tastes. We'll still do today, but we um, I know we like fought a lot when we were younger, but playing Mega Man, it was like we suddenly wanted to solve these puzzles at the same time <laughs> together, figure out what weapons worked with who. Um, I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, memorable at that, so. Did you guys yeah. fight over who got to play? Um, we were actually pretty good on the, okay, you die, give me the controller, unless the death was immediate, then we had to determine how immediate. <laughs> um, but, you had to yeah. throw a flag on the play, had to right. go back to the review booth. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 that was too short. It's like, it's like with pinball when you get the free play and the ball goes down too quick. It's like, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, and, and, and Paul, I mean, just to take a step back, um, just to kind of, for the listeners, for those three of you that have not played Mega Man, um, Mega Man has a rock, paper, scissor type like gameplay where um, you beat a boss, you can choose from eight different bosses, six in the first one. And uh, after you beat them, um, you acquire their power, and that power um, is strong against another enemy. So, part of the appeal yeah. of Mega Man is trying to figure out which um, weapons uh, work best against the other boss masters, uh, robot masters, um, which is what they're called. So that's really for being a game set in, you know, that, that was released in the 80s. You know, there wasn't the internet or anything like that. So there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, you know, element of trying to figure out and talking in the schoolyard about who had to work on what. I mean, who, you know, which power-ups worked on whom. And uh, it's, it's, it's part of what made it a little bit difficult because you kind of had to get through the whole level. And then once you got through the whole level, okay, well, let me see if this you know, a uh, power-up works on, on this particular boss, and maybe it didn't, and then you had to go and try again. Yeah, so, and it's, it's mean, funny you, you mentioned the schoolyard, because, like, when I was replaying them, I, we've all been playing them, I think except Arnie. Arnie took the uh, the easy route and uh, <laughs> and watched long plays. Yeah. Um, but most of us have been replaying these games over the past couple weeks, and I kind of struggled with the later entries that I didn't play, 
because I didn't know what order to do everything in, right? And I didn't know mm-hmm. which uh, which weapons each robot master was weak to. And so I'm trying to remember when I was a kid, I'm like, did I did I just know because we all talked about video games all the friggin' time? Or did I have to discover it myself? Because the discovering myself is a giant pain in the ass, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> it, it's so hard not to just Google it. Well, and you know, right. one of the difficult parts about it is that um, you have uh, usually three continues. So you get three tries at a, at a level. Um, if you get to the end boss, there's this kind of pre-boss area. Um, and that's where you usually start. The problem is that you have energy for the power-up. So if you try to use the power-up on the boss and you die, then the loss of energy carries over to the continue. So it's very possible that you may have two continues, but you have no energy left. Right. Um, so if that's the case, then you better try to figure out how to you know defeat the boss with the Mega Buster. Yeah, yeah. I've, I found over, over time I, I've started to go into bosses if I had an, another life available, and I would just go in and get killed and not yes, use that's up. Exactly yeah, right. not use up any of my energy for the thing that was going to work on the boss. So. Because it's kind of like the, the environment has to be perfect. You need to have a good amount of energy. You need to have a good amount of power-up energy. And you kind of need to be in the zone before you go into a boss. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're going to have to read all the different uh, telegraph moves and the like and have to have the quick reaction time. And, you know, I, I feel like Mega Man, it's made for, like, speedrunners. I mean, uh, speedrunners have a go at it. And, and, and it's a lovely game because... It's a game that rewards um, fast reactions and and making sure that you recognize patterns and the like. But for someone like me, that's you know not great hand-eye coordination. Um, it's still good because you get to try it over and over again, and and you know you may not you know do a, a, a run without a hit, but you know even if you end with just one sliver of energy. You know, it does feel good to be able to start reading the bosses and start reading the patterns and kind of having that run where after trying it 10 times, you finally get it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just with like one sliver of health and then the boss just disintegrates and you're like, oh, finally. Yeah. Um, it's a very rewarding feeling. And, and I think uh, games like Dark Souls, again, try to tap into that where it's like when they talk about NES hard, I think they're very much referring to games like Mega Man where it's extremely hard but also very rewarding when you actually manage to finally get that perfect run. And yeah. I mean perfect in the sense that you just managed to beat it, not not in the sense of zero hits. Yeah, well, I mean, Mega Man is definitely, like, the quintessential NES game like that, right? It's a game that, if you know what you're doing, probably takes you no more than 40 minutes to beat or 30 minutes to beat. Um, but the way that it's structured you have to sort of figure that out. And back in the day when you had to do this, um, you didn't have as many resources as you do now. Um, And so most of the fun in Mega Man comes from playing these stages over and over again, getting to these bosses, trying to figure out what they're weak against, what their patterns are, how to avoid all that. Um, And at the end of the day, just having that knowledge to then when you go replay it, you're you're just fucking killing it. And you are the, you feel so empowered um, and that's what makes Mega Man like such a beautiful game to watch. Somebody who's good at Mega Man is so entertaining because 
you just see them go through all these things and and it sort of makes the puzzle of the level come together for you when you're seeing like how they get through each specific area how they tackle each specific problem um and it also shows you that there are several ways to do it once you're powered up uh once you have different powers you can tackle situations in multiple ways yeah, yeah so it's, I, it's, it, it surprised me so I think I underuse a lot of the power-ups during the regular levels, um, yeah. which whenever I've watched a speedrun of Mega Man, people are constantly switching what power they're using during the regular level, and that's something I definitely underutilize. I just hold all of those powers till the end where I'm at yep. you know, a main boss or a robot master. Um, yeah, and watching, it's, it's definitely like watching more, more akin to somebody's speed running or solving a Rubik's Cube. You know, just yeah. it's got that kind of uh, impressive quality to it. Unless they're jumping over the one-ups to be cocky, then that's annoying. <laughs> um, oh, um, man. Every time I saw someone do that, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I know. That was nuts. The, the first uh, long play I saw was this guy didn't get any E-tanks, no one-ups that weren't directly in front of him. Um, and it was... I, I can't tell what I hate more, whether it's the guy who does the entire game and like barely ever gets hit and just destroys everything, or if it's the guy who gets hit all the time during the regular level because he's just trying to go, but then still kills the boss like immediately, like super easy with like less than half life starting off. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you are, I just, I hate you because I can't do that. Like, yeah. I think yeah. I like. I think I hate the second. Or sorry, I hate. I hate the first guy more. The first guy, the untouchable. Yeah. The second <laughs> guy, he's like. He's like the rugged superhero who takes some hits. He's the Batman, and right. the first guy, yeah. is Superman. <laughs> Nobody can identify with Superman. Yeah. Uh, I like that we're categorizing speedrunners here <laughs> in the superhero universe. What what happens to me, Brandon, is that um, I get the the power ups, and maybe I'm like fully stocked, and and I have all the power ups. And then I, I don't use them at all because I'm like, what if I need to use them later for this boss that I can only use that power up and I don't have like max energy. Right. So I don't end up, as you said, using any of them in the stage. Mm -hmm. like I, I, I just it's it becomes like just me and my trusty mega buster. And then whenever I get to a boss, you know, I have like all the power ups up to max, yeah. um, but I haven't used any of them. And it would probably make the game. A whole lot easier mm -hmm. like if i could just use those power-ups i knew how to handle like my energies better yeah but, uh, i know for sure and I, i've always whenever i do use them during the regular game play gameplay it's always begrudgingly so like i'm in a situation where i'm like oh my god i've got to use two little marks of my fire or ice shot <laughs> or whatever it is Exactly, oh. Oh. or or if you're a Mega Man too, you use the disc blades. Um, that's kind of like the, oh, totally, the, yeah, the, oh, the, the shooting mode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. being being able to shoot in eight directions with uh, a weapon is great. So it's it's up, it's amazing. Um, Paul, I mean, maybe maybe we should just uh, take a quick step and just kind of like talk about um, what the story of Mega Man is. So you know, it's it's very simple, but but maybe we can just discuss that. Sure, I mean, you're right. It is very simple. Um, We'll start with uh, with Mega Man 1 then. Actually, you know what, Ozzy? Before we do that, um, just as far as the series as a whole, the music maybe, you can see in the first game, the music is... I wouldn't say it's miles better than what else was available on the NES at the time, but it's definitely a cut above. 
and they really made a focus of it in subsequent games to the point where the music is just as a whole just beloved um later games perhaps uh don't quite have the same catchiness um but that's that's obviously subjective right yeah yeah, yeah. no but but i do think that the music was in a sense peppier and and a lot more fast-paced um than you were necessarily used to I think there's a reason why Mega Man has kind of become the de facto influence for shiptone music, um, because it's very much a lot of bleeps and bloops, but they're very melodic, um, they're very catchy, it's just memorable uh, kind of jingles. Um, like right now, I'm just kind of think talking about this and thinking about Cutman's stage, and it's just very kind of just... You know, it makes you really feel like you're going on this adventure and and running, gunning, shooting, jumping, um, and so yeah, I do think that music is a big part of it, and I think the fact that you have these different bosses, um, each one of them have kind of a, a character to them and have like a personality to them, mm-hmm. and the music is supposed to kind of coincide with that. So from what I read in the interviews with Kitamura was that Elekman's stage was supposed to be a little bit more staticky and electric and the like. Um, so they try to imbue each level and each character with some sort of personality and that translated to the music as well. And they largely succeed with that. Um, I can tell you that, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't really pay too much attention to how the music matched the level in most of the games. But in part two, it definitely does to, to a shocking extent, just how perfect the the music is for each level that's just in my opinion anyway yeah no i, I mean I, I agree I, and i do think it is it is matched well but it's not it's not done in this like really you know um over, yeah overpowering way, way yeah. or something yeah. to where it's heavy-handed it's not so much you know when you play mario one and you're in a water level and suddenly the music sounds like a lullaby you know it's not it's not to that degree but the music is fitting and and backing up to like to the beginning you know, of the Mega Man series in terms of music, um, I did think it made some serious strides in that it was the first game that I played, and that that I don't recall getting like the music stuck in my head out of an irritation quality. Like it wasn't the jingle from a local carpet commercial. It was like <laughs> I, I was playing the game and I didn't mind. And Mega Man's a game where you're going to hear the music over and oh, over wow. and over and over. Oh, yeah. When you get to yeah. those levels, you can't pass. But I never recall once be feeling like irritated with the sounds I was hearing. Um, yeah. I mean, th- there were maybe some sound effects that were irritating. Well, right, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a whole other matter. But <laughs> but not necessarily the music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's definitely one of those where my my sort of standard for especially early game music like this is: does it stand up on its own, like outside of the context of the game? How good is this music? And Mega Man is one of the first, I think, or at least one of the best where these songs are not, you know, just video game music. Like, these are just good good songs, good compositions um, that you could play pretty much anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, it's evidenced by the fact that uh, some of these games have been released on vinyl, the -hmm. game soundtracks, and and they actually translate quite well. I mean, of course, you you need to have a certain affinity towards this type of music. It's not like if you're listening to, I I don't know, uh, Beethoven, and you know you go from that to 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 Mega Man, and you're an old fart. You know you're gonna say <laughs> what the hell is this? But for us that we grew up with this, and you know we identify with it, and and have a little bit of a broader mind about 
what music can be. I, I think it's it's very good quality music, and and it's very impressive that this was able to be achieved mm-hmm. on a very limited uh, amount of memory uh, that the NES had. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of a little bit weird. And when we talk about the games, you know, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more, but. Uh, Mega Man One, the music is is, is great, um, and two and three also have perhaps the best music in in the whole series. Four, five, six, it just kind of loses the trail a little bit, and it becomes a little bit more. Um, it, it just kind of fades into the background. There, there's nothing that's as memorable as you know some of the stages like Snake Man stage or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, you know it's it's kind of a, a product of changing teams and and different you know folks going into it and and kind of putting their own spin on it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and let me just mention before we go into it Paul, I mean th- these are games that I for a long time I kind of admire from afar because I I, I always felt like they were just too hard for me um, and particularly with uh, the NES, um, I, I really didn't have much of a possibility to get through it um, because they were just so brutally hard. But you know, now that they've recently been released on on PS4 and PS3 and the like, and they've been released with save states, it's kind of opened up this world for me because I can all of a sudden beat it again. Um, before this, I really didn't have any kind of opportunity to to you know be able to you know put in the time and and have the dedication to get through the games but now with safe states it's kind of like okay well i can finally see this game through to completion um and it's 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 very you know fun to actually be able to do so and participate in the conversation because it was just locked out for me before yeah yeah good point um you know some of us aren't as weak and we try to <laughs> go through the whole game without safe states but uh you know for for others that's a nice little thing I, I have to admit, look, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, Mega Man 9 where they had an easy mode where they just, or Mega Man 10, yeah, where they had the easy mode and they basically like put a platform on top of the spikes. Like that's just, <laughs> you know, like why are you even playing? You know, it's like that's that's for the Call of Duty crowd. Um, just press forward to win. Um, so it's, it's you know, I mean, uh, it, it could be worse is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, even, I think even with the save states, uh, I mean, you're still... You know, like the levels we've we've talked about, you know, outside of this conversation that are, you know, the spikes on the top and bottom, and it's just awful platforming. Part of the fatigue that comes in those sections of the game, of, of any Mega Man game, is getting back to that point. Even if you're at a checkpoint, it's generally yeah. not at the point that's super hard. So the frustration is you get killed at this thing that you've been getting killed at for 30 minutes, and then you still have to fight through, you know, four or five little scenes just to even get there. Um, yeah. I mean that does create, I think a lot of uh, a lot of fatigue for for some people. Yeah. So I yes, mean build, building on that, it, it's a situation where this is what happened to me a lot of times in Mega Man, and why I have never been able to to beat one is you sort of get to this point that's a difficult thing, and then you eventually get over it. But then you find the second difficult thing, and then you die, and then like Brandon said, you get sent back. So now, not only do I have to figure out how to get over that second difficult thing, but I have to redo the first difficult thing that killed me I don't know how many times before. Right. And yeah. it's just sort of a cascading effect until I sort of try to end my life by yeah. choking myself with a controller cord. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really hopeless <laughs> feeling. Like, you know, yeah. kind of, how am I going to be able to string, <laughs> string together these... The set of you know Haley's comet victories, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I, 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 I do feel, though, that playing these games over this, uh, this week in preparation for this episode, the safe states really helped in that sense because I was able to just focus on that one particular scene yeah. and just get through it and save it and then just go to the next one. I don't know if I would have been able to have the same amount of patience if I had to have gone back. Yeah. Um, I would have uh, probably... I mean, if, if I was a kid and this is the only game that I had... I would have totally done it um, and, you know, it would have just been a matter of kind of getting back to that point. But, you know, for example, like just in a modern context, Bloodborne, I love that game, but I, I, you know, died so many times at one point and I had to get back to that point so many times that I just kind of put it down and did not touch it again for like a year. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, what would have happened to me in Mega Man if I didn't have those safe states. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I mean, look, we're just old, right? The, uh, <laughs> the patience isn't quite there anymore. Yeah, um, or, or the time, which is really what becomes an issue. That's the I key mean, thing. If, if yeah. you really had the time, I, I, I think you could spend hours upon hours trying to perfect that. And another thing that I noticed over playing this week was that these are games that are kind of, you know, they, they lend themselves to be sheathed in a way that you have to find kind of like the exploits in, in, the, in, in the mechanics of it and in the particular levels and just kind of try to get through whatever way you can. Um, so it's kind of like cheese or die. Um, so it's kind of trying to figure out, you know, for example, in Mega Man 1 where if you pause then you have extra, you know, you, you have extra hits to the bosses, you know, when you shoot. Um, or yeah, I, I may know, may or may not have used that a lot last night in beating <laughs> Mega Man One. So. <laughs> yeah, you may have. Um, so you, you you do have to figure out what the glitches are, what is not particularly well designed, and might help you get um, through it. And that can work both ways because there are some elements that are not well designed and they can actually kill you in a cheap way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so there are games that at least the first two. They're a little bit rough around the edges, and, and they have a lot of glitches here and there and things that you just kind of have to figure out because there are these quirks that could kill you without you realizing it. Yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, but to that, but that same note, there are actual things built into the game to where you can suddenly have this epiphany where you utilize one of the weapons, um, one of the you know platform-type upgrades, to get past something that you've been trying to get past for a very long time. I mean, my... The example that comes ahead to my mind is is the Heat Man stage with the disappearing and reappearing blocks. If you've got, I think, the Weapon 2 power-up, whatever one is the, yeah. the rocket that you can just ride on. I remember being a kid and actually figuring that out and being like, oh my god, I can just fly past all this shit? Like, what have I been doing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, awesome. You know. it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and one of the things that you mentioned, Brandon, that now has just kind of come to my mind is that one of the issues with this game is that the memory limitation was so heavy and they try to cram so much stuff into it that the slowdown is massive mm-hmm. to the point that the slowdown becomes a feature of the game itself. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, that when it actually slows down, that actually allows you to be able to navigate and traverse through uh, the different lasers that are coming at you and the different enemies. Um, so you kind of have to go from, you know, normal motion to slow motion. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, you know, and then it goes back again. And so it's a, a constant mix of the two. So I have seen very few games where uh, a problem with the game, such as slowdown, is actually so intertwined with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually have to rely on it. Yeah. 
Um, but circling back to uh, the first game, Paul, that I know we're going to be talking about in a second, I yeah. will just throw this disclaimer out here for, for everybody listening, is that as we've discussed before, my mom uh, committed the unforgivable sin of birthing me uh, well past the release of most of these Mega Man games. So I have no uh, childhood experience with Mega Man, um, but obviously later on I was able to experience it through re-releases and stuff like that. Yeah, and and Paul, what what was your experience with Mega Man? Because I don't think we've discussed that. Yeah, no the uh, the first one was Mega Man too. Um, I played it at a friend's house, and I just like I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Couldn't believe it, because we had we had the password for Doctor Wily, right? Mm-hmm. And so you enter the password, and then you see this gigantic skull castle. Graphically, like there was nothing else like it that I had ever seen. And then at the end of that first level, which, by the way, the music, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> and then at the end what? of that first level, you have the Mecha Dragon. And and I'm like, this is unreal. Unreal. Yeah. That and is, that was just right, visually, amazing. right? Yeah, yeah. To, to, have, to have a boss that large, just in scale, is uh, incredible to see. Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. And so I eventually borrowed it. And just absolutely played the crap out of it. And, and you're like, I still have it today. Much how it goes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many times has that happened? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, and, and Paul, to your point, um, I, the interview with Kitamura, he said that he just he didn't just want to have like, you know, a few enemies like Mega Man with his pew pew shooter kind of shooting like enemies as size you know they really were trying to stand out from other games and so the only way to really do this was to create big ass bosses and so like something like the mega dragon or like the snakes in mega man 3 and the like um you know they're kind of ingrained and emblazed onto the mentality of kids because it really did feel like you know at the 80s maybe you know you did feel like this was a cartoon like this was just a real cartoon and it's like how how are games gonna get any better than this um and it, it really used you know its animation influence very well and in order to be able to do that I, I it's it's pretty well known that they had to use the background layer um so the the mega dragon for example was actually part of the background that's the reason why the the stages go dark yeah. Because it's actually the background and it's kind of moving through the background. Um, it's not in the foreground as Mega Man is. So this really like open up a universe of possibilities for them where they could create these massive bosses. And just that was very impressive for the time. Very, I mean, very clever. If, if you think about the, you know, the other games of the time, I don't think there was a boss like a screen filling boss like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least none that come to mind pre- 1988 1987 yeah and, so, and a happy yeah. accident of knocking out that background layer i think really helps set the tone for some of those levels too yeah like everything's yeah. dark i'm gonna get to some scary stuff right now i mean it's kind of yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it does feel like lights out get ready because you're going to be in for a gauntlet yeah yeah um so and and the thing the funny part is that a lot of these big bosses are like the mid bosses so they're not even the real bosses. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, this is just a test for you to get to the final boss. Yeah. Um, so and I mean, it, especially when you, I, I can't imagine what that's what that what that feeling is like when you've been playing through this entire game. It's already hard as hell, 
and you've been fighting, you know, bosses that are comparable in size to yourself for the most part. And then this screen filling, like gigantic sprite shows up, which is probably it's I mean, it's got to be one of the best sprites on the NES, like in terms of just recognizability and uh, if like the shock that it mm-hmm. that it produces when you first see it, because you've never seen anything like that up to this point in this game or anywhere else. Yeah, well, I remember the first the thing, time I, mean, I saw the dragon, like, I just jumped off the platforms out of fear. <laughs> and, 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 it's so, and it's so sneaky of them to throw that dragon in, in a part of the game where you're having to constantly jump from platform yeah. to platform. And uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think in the U.S., uh, they did it very well because they actually put, like, pictures, screenshots of the Mega Dragon. And if you're a kid and you see that, and you're like, oh, God, I got to get this game right now. Yeah. Um, ne- never mind that the cover artist got awful. I mean, <laughs> right. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely buying this thing. Um, and I think really uh, your experience, Paul, is many you know kids' experience, which is that they started with Mega Man 2 rather than Mega Man 1. I think people like, maybe a few played Mega Man 1, but most people played Mega Man 2, and then they went back to Mega Man 1 and said, okay, let me see. Let me see how this one is. Yes. Um, but I think Mega Man 2 was really the one that blew everything up. And and I, I, I have to think that those big-ass, you know, bosses were part of the reason why. A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. It was just, it was so impressive visually. And, and again, when combined with all the other elements of the game, I mean, that's why we're doing a podcast on it, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And on that note, we should probably take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll get into the story of Mega Man 1 and uh, talk about the rest of the series. right into the very first notoriously hard Mega Man. Um, the first Mega Man, the OG, released December 1987, Japan and North America, which was a little bit weird for the time. Usually the Japanese games came out, you know, anywhere from three months to a year ahead of time, but somehow yeah. Mega Man got released simultaneously uh, with the Japanese version and uh, produced by Akira Kitamura. And, of course, the legend, Keiji and Afune. Um, they are, like Ozzy said earlier, considered the the fathers of, of Mega Man, with Kitamura being the brain behind most of the actual creation, um, even though he's not as well known as Inafune. Um, the music, as we mentioned earlier, Manami Matsume, uh, she went on to UN Squadron and Magic Sword, and then later, as a freelancer, contributed to Mega Man 10, uh, Shovel Knight and uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, and uh, just as an aside, I haven't played Mighty Number no. Nine. I've heard so many not good things about it. <laughs> like Brandon, yeah, have you just... played it? No, I have not played Mighty Number no. Nine. So is it just like... Ozzy out of the four of us? 
No, it's kind of hard to like uh, you know stand up for Mighty Number no. Nine or get excited about it. Yeah. Considering, I mean the, the 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 I mean I'm not gonna get into a Mighty Number no. Nine digression, but sure. <laughs> uh, but the art style is so bland uh, that I, I just can't find myself to get excited, which is a shame because. You know, the original kind of concept art was so, you know... Cool. Yeah, I, I remember there was a ton of hype about it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, really. yeah that, that's, a whole, that's a whole can of worms right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but Paul, I, I, I just want to take a step back in terms of Akira Kitamura and Keiji Inafune. Um, the problem was, I think, that Kitamura left after the second game. He left Capcom, and so I don't think, I don't think he's as well-known as Keiji Inafune... Uh, because of that, and Keiji Inafune kind of took over the stewardship of Mega Man itself, and he was just kind of like the Mega Man guy at Capcom. Yeah. Um, it, it became his baby in a way. I mean, even though Kitamura was the one that that you know created the the original character sprite, and then Inafune turned that into the art that we know, um, it was really Keiji Inafune that, um, that that really kind of became emblematic of Mega Man, and uh, he then went on to create Mega Man X. Mega Man Legends and all the various spin-offs uh, of Mega Man. So it's hard not to separate uh it's it's hard to separate Mega Man from Keiji Inafune. Inafune. Yeah, and I do believe I mean I I, I maybe Magni number no. 9 has influenced a lot of this but but Inafune kind of bugs me uh, a little bit <laughs> because you know, he's a he's a hype man. Uh he's very good at marketing himself, I think. And and the reality is as Kiramura said, the original Mega Man was really a product of of an entire team. You know, of seven that that they just kind of all chimed in. Um, yeah, whereas KG Inafune has just kind of like appropriated the entire series, and it's really a disservice to all the people that have you know worked on it over time. And and I think Inafune rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and I think that's kind of come through in the in the last few years. But but you know, I mean, credit where credit's due. I mean, he he did steward Mega Man through all the Capcom years, and. Um, and even though there were probably you know many more Mega Man games that they than they probably should have released, um, it's it still made it a game series that was very much part of the gamer consciousness you know throughout its existence. Even though right now it's kind of dormant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't have so much of a problem with them myself. I understand what you're saying about the self promotion, but I don't know. As a general rule, I don't really have an issue with with talented people kind of putting themselves out there and saying, "Hey, this is my name." Hire me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Shihiro Miyamoto's of this world and the KG Inafunas and the like. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think he's talented. I mean, I, I do wish that you know he would shut up once in a while. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but he is he is talented, and he did you know he was in- indispensable for the Mega Man franchise. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And uh, and most of that team, as with most of the video game production in the eighties, very young, um, straight out of college. For the most part and uh and you can see it i mean we talked about it earlier right the game is i wouldn't call it quite experimental but it's definitely a little bit rough around the edges yeah yeah, um, yeah I, w- I was gonna say you can see that you know a lot of what works here gets really sanded up and and really polished for the games that come afterwards yeah yes, and, and, and the comment was made earlier it's definitely the mentality of like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and i mean yeah, luckily it, for us as the consumers a lot of stuff stuck to the wall you know a lot of it a lot yeah. of it worked great <laughs> Absolutely. well it's, it's 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 interesting as well that you know the Mega Man one is so hard and I think I attribute that more to you know what Paul said which was it, it, that it was rough around the edges and maybe there was a little bit less 
playtesting than they probably would have wanted. Um, I should mention that this game was not really very high on Capcom's list. It was just kind of like this new team just kind of started working on it, and Capcom was not really paying attention on it to it. And uh, Kitamura says that it was um, Masumi Matsu, uh, Manami Matsumai's music that really made them take notice of the game. But still, the game was not really very highly regarded at Capcom. But it's funny because Kitamura says that when he created the game, he kind of went back to like all these hard games of the NES and he tried to figure out why they were hard and why people were frustrated. So he like literally locked himself, you know, in a room and just started playing through all these hard games and he realized that they were choke points, that there was enemy behavior and placement that, you know, was not properly done and so it made it feel very unfair and cheap. And so he tried to build on that in order to achieve a better difficulty balance. You know, so it's funny that it's still very much a hard as hell game. Because, you know, make no mistake, this game is freaking brutal. And just to build on that point, in the the creation of fair parts instead of unfair parts, boy, I can't believe I'm still bitter about this. Like, not not entirely successful there, Mr. Kitamura. uh, (laughs) Because, as as Brandon can attest to, because we talked about this earlier, is it the... Is it the first stage of Dr. Wily, Brandon, with those floating platforms yeah. and the spikes? Yeah, it is. That, um, that is horrendous. Yeah, because, and, and, but, and, but, then it, but then again, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that I think it is harder because... And I don't know if it, it it's a glitch or if it's a it was an intended effect in the game, but when you get hit and fall right through the platform, it doesn't feel like that should happen because it doesn't happen every time. And yes. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that makes it all the more difficult that, uh, you don't know how, I mean, you pretty much assume that you're gonna die when you get there, but like, you don't know if the death (laughs) is going to feel like it is an intended thing because you're not skilled enough yet to take on that portion or because it's of a, a glitch or something that shouldn't be happening in the game. Um, but yeah, just definitely un- unfair feeling regardless you know it's uh, and those yeah. floating platforms the fact now i don't know if you found a like a pattern to them but it seemed random to no me. it was completely there there is one there is one time i landed and i i had to wait a solid minute before the first platform <laughs> got down to where i could even jump to it so yeah. and there are times where you're waiting on the platform to jump down and the platform just mushes you into the ceiling spikes Right. right and it's not and guys i'm telling you it's random like it's not like it's not like there's a set amount of time like in the later games where it's like oh i'm about to hit those spikes i have to wait for the perfect time to jump there is no perfect time to jump right yeah. like you yeah. either jump and die or you get squished and or die you wait and die and like and i'm getting i'm getting so angry just thinking about it and, and, I, well, and I don't and, know and if, it's, have... if it's because like mega man is is a robot but he falls very fast so like, yeah. if, you, yeah. if you miss something, yeah. are you, you counting you, the weight of the robot? Right, you 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 hit those spikes with such devastating assertion. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it does feel like there are certain portions in the game where, like, not not only Mega Man One, but in the later Mega Man games, that that the the platforming feels very random. Like there are some elements in Mega Man Five or Mega Man Three where there may be dropping like um i don't know what you call it like dropping like blocks or whatever and they feel very 
random and you're like okay well you know whenever there are two in a succession i'll jump after that and then a third one jumps in succession which hadn't happened before you're talking so, about the uh, crystal man stage right yes crystal yeah, man fuck stage, that guy of course. okay yeah. Yeah. i don't i don't <laughs> like that, that level either <laughs> that level um, sucked I, I will say this um as something that we haven't really touched on and i just want to get your guys's opinion on it um Mega Man, especially starting with the first, but probably through the first three, Mega Man as a character was also like one of the most expressive like characters in like a video game of this time that I've played. Like, yeah, good point. I like to jokingly say that my I, that Mega Man's best contribution uh, at this point for the first game was just the jump sprite. The jump yeah, sprite with, for with Mega Man the mouth open and, is yeah. the most oh, yeah. ridiculous thing mm-hmm. ever, it's and awesome. I love it. I fucking no, it's, love it's great. It. I mean, I mean, it does feel like animation. Uh, it's it feels like it was really a cartoon. I mean, if I was a kid at the time, which I wasn't, because as with Arnie, I wasn't born. Yeah, um, I would have been totally over the moon about this. And that character sprite has just become em- emblematic of video games. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's a very expressive, and he also blinks, yeah. um, which, come on, a character, your character blinks. Yeah. And here's like the thing they, is, they, they, sell, they sell the story. Like, Mega Man is supposed to be, obviously, a, a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way he jumps, like, mouth open, legs splayed in the air, like, yeah. sort of like he's doing a superhero pose every single time is just like... Is so childlike. Yeah, I, I can't be the only one works. who goes through the retractable doors jumping every time because yeah, he every he's time. Time. Like, every just like get to enjoy that sprite for like a few, a few year seconds. It's the year best. Enough. And then when you get hit, he has like a like a what is he like closes his eyes and also opens his mouth like yeah. Yeah. like it looks like he's hurt. You know, it's it's not like Mario where he just shrinks or even something like Castlevania where you know when you're jumping you just like sort of go up. And then when you get hit, you sort of like lean back. This is so much more, uh, yeah, just expressive and like it really like when Mega Man gets hit, I, I it's painful. Like I'm yeah. like, oh no, like no, it has like the crunching sound effect yeah. that goes with it. When he falls yeah, like exactly. a brick to those spikes, it's, it really hurts. <laughs> oh yeah, it's terminal velocity like immediately. <laughs> yeah. so, um, no, no, I but just, uh, but Arnie, to your point, I I really do think that. This feels like a game that it was made as a labor of love. Like it, it yeah. really does feel like all these developers really put a lot of heart into this. Um, and and you know between Kitamura and Inafune and the like, they really focus on a lot of little details um, that you typically would not see at the time. And you could tell that they really wanted the player to discover secrets. They wanted the player to identify with this little blue character, this blue robot. Um, it really does feel like a labor of love, and, and I think that kind of comes through in the game, and, and I don't doubt it's a big part of why Mega Man is so popular. Yeah, yeah, it, reading that interview with Kitamura and talking about how he pictured Mega Man, I mean, it was without missing a beat. He had this very clear picture in his head of who, who Mega Man was, and I mean, the analogies he made to, made to being like a child that didn't fit in, you know, that was kind of lost, and... Yeah, um, it broke my heart just reading. Yeah, that. it was really, uh, <laughs> and then it just kind of clicked. Really sad, but but you're right. There is this really empathetic quality to to Mega Man, and and you know, obviously through the animations and him having different mm-hmm. expressions. But I do feel like playing it as a kid, we connected a lot more to him than we would yeah. some other sprite in another game. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't like the bulky 
roided out, um, you know, gung-ho Rambo character. I mean, we just talked about Contra, so we were just, you know, talking about that particular childhood fantasy. Uh, He seemed like a kid that could have been in your schoolyard, and he, like... Just to talk about the story, uh, Mega Man was created by Dr. Light. Dr. Light is this kind of like Wizen, Geppetto type, you know, uh, scientist. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, made, uh, he makes these robots, and one of them is Rock, which is his assistant. And he makes his sister, Ro, which was kind of like the house, you know, assistant. And uh, some of the robots that Dr. Light creates, um, they go rogue. And so it's up to you know rock with his sense of justice he decides to contribute and volunteer to you know become mega man and so be altered to have like this uh, arm cannon and the like and so it's it feels like you know one of your friends and it feels like what every kid wanted you know like i want to you know fight for what's right and i know that just because my sense of empathy and justice you know i could do this so it, it's a very much a relatable character um, compared to yeah. all the other characters, I, I will say last thing I, I will say just regarding Mega Man in this specific game is that to to build off of that uh, what you just said is you know Mega Man to me because there's nothing more like that breaks immersion to me more than like having to play like the super cool never does anything wrong like when I'm playing Simon Belmont who's supposed to be like this amazing vampire hunter and I'm just falling in pits all the time and like getting my ass kicked up and down the castle like you can't jump very well yeah so yeah exactly so I don't I don't feel like I'm this super vampire hunter but with Mega Man it's like he doesn't know anything more than I do about what's happening in all of this. Yeah. So I, I can identify with him a lot more because we're both like sort of trying to figure this yeah. out and hopefully not die. Yeah, no, no, I think the, the yeah. way you start each Mega Man game is just with the Mega Buster as, you know, yeah. as kids knowing that like, okay, you're this little blue guy and you've got this one thing that you can do. If you work really hard, you'll be able to do other things, you know, which, yeah. which is, which is analogous with, with life, you know, you know, you work really hard as a kid. You don't necessarily learn how to how to freeze people in time or shoot shoot yeah. fire. You might learn Microsoft Excel, so it's not the same. Um, but yeah, if you murder your your boss, then you will absorb his yeah, knowledge. You will, get, you will get his knowledge exactly. Uh, read your free gamers, where you get a life lesson with each episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, anything anything more on on Mega Man One that you want to cover, Paul? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. just the. Um, I mean, no, it's difficult. Just, I was it, gonna it's, say it's no, and difficult... then list three things. So yeah. the answer, in fact, is yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. No, just I found it amusing. Like all the, I mean, look, we have to talk about the cover of the American box. Yes, <laughs> please. I mean, we need a, We could, we need a have solid we ever hour out who actually to dissect draw, this cover. The disgruntled construction worker with a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out for a second. Mega Man's one's box cover art, horrendous. Yeah. But are we are we gonna pretend like it it got any better even past the like first three games? Like even in four and five, he still looks like a troll. Like that doesn't look like Mega Man. Okay, nice try, buddy. I, I, nice try. No, the first <laughs> one is like, like several orders no. of magnitude worse than it's, the remainder. Come, come on now, it's horrible. <laughs> Well, and, and the thing, uh, from what I have heard, it, it turns out that the person who drew it, I mean, I don't know if we've ever figured out who it was. Because he's in exile they, now. They had it. <laughs> <laughs> he's somewhere in Siberia, which is just... <laughs> 
uh, we sent him to a, a bikini tour or like whatever. Um, no, it's it, he hadn't even played the game. He was just told, "Hey, you know, we have we, we have this game where you know the guy the, the the character shoots you know from his arm or whatever." And so, if if you have no idea whatsoever, then you're gonna come up with a disgruntled construction worker that has a gun. In his yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so and why, apparently why? he had to do it overnight. Like oh they went to him. It was like a friend <laughs> of the a friend of the publisher. And he's like, "Hey, I need this tomorrow. Can you draw something?" Well, it, it, and the guy guys, was like, is, "I'm not familiar. What what is the Rockman one cover? Is it? Uh, it's ju- I think it's just um, it's it's drawn by Keiji Nafune. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's it's just it's a uh, Mega Man and I think the Robot Masters like all in a like a cool little anime pose. I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. great. And it looks very it looks very Astro Boy ish. Yeah. Yeah. But far, still probably much far, more far suiting more than yeah. Much better than what we got right. over here. Incredible. No, but that, um, I, I think it's probably like the cover, the, the cover <laughs> boy for like bad video game box art. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I think it's as, it has to be the worst. I mean, it's right up there with mobile mobile life force and uh, a few a few others that are not I'm not recalling now. But it, it yeah. it's it's definitely top three, if if not the the, the, the top you know worst cover art. So at in, least in um, terms of egregiousness. In reading. For this podcast, I found out that I don't know if you guys are aware, but you can actually play as bad box art Mega Man in Street Fighter versus Tekken. Oh, I did hear about yes, this. You can. Yeah, that's yes, amazing. Yes, you can. And but he's also great. like fat, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's and fat. I saw videos, <laughs> um, and I'm like, how do I not own this game? Right. <laughs> it is awesome. It is abs. It it's so good. And it's awesome, Paul, the, that Capcom has actually recognized Bad Box Art Mega Man. Like, they've actually put it into the canon. Like, there is an actual Bad Box Art Mega Man. Um, so it's kind of taken on a life of yeah, its own. Not I'm only that could, the Bad Box Art Mega Man is a man, right? Yes. It, it really is yeah, a man. And, and <laughs> yeah. we're, it's a child. and <laughs> it's, a young, it's a young kid. <laughs> and we've, we've got a guy who's, who's like, seemingly in, in his 50s, possibly alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the fence, Brandon. I mean, if 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 you're told, you know, r- draw something that about a character named Mega Man. I mean, if you were told Mega Boy, then yeah, yeah oh, maybe, and we it, and we if, need if, this by eight a.m. tomorrow. I'd be like, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Pa, I just want to mention with respect to the hardness of the first Mega Man. I I tried this game again last night before recording. And I, I, I promptly decided to just like just not put myself through it because um, it's it's just so difficult. And one of the aspects of it is that Mega Man in this game is so much more slippery than he would be in the later games. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and and that's that slippery factor just completely throws you off. And like a lot of the platforms are not like well positioned so that the platform is like right above you, so that you have to jump out and then jump back. Um, it's it's things like that that make it extremely frustrating when you add the additional frustration of the slippery slope. Um, so and uh, a lot of some of the enemies you can't necessarily reach with your Mega Buster, and so it, it's it's a very frustrating game. Uh, the first one, um, it's still good. I, I I still think it's good, but it's definitely a game that compared to its its successors, I don't think it has aged as well, and it's definitely like. You know, a game for those that already love Mega Man. And one of the things that struck me about the first one is that it doesn't even have an intro. It just kind of goes into like the the title yeah, screen. Yeah, title screen's the first thing like they say. The, the, 
Yeah, yeah and then you go into the robot masters. Um, and also, I mean, just to not, you know, lose the emphasis on that, I mean, the idea of being able to try out each stage yes. was just so revolutionary at the yep. time. Uh, because even for someone that absolutely sucks like me, I get to try out all the different stages, even though I'm not going to be able to beat them. Um, so there's inherent value in that because it allows you to just kind of experience the game, even though you're not that good as I am. Yep. Yeah. And it does provide, in spite of these slippery controls, which can be very frustrating, it does provide some, like, in my opinion, classic, like, gameplay set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yellow Devil boss at yeah. the end of Dr. Wily, uh, the first level, that boss is awesome. Yeah. Like, especially once you get the pattern down, you're st- it's still not easy. And it for me, anyway, it always felt like it went down to the wire. And I was, like, either really close or you know just barely beat it yeah paul i I take it you you beat him in a traditional way not utilizing the pause (laughs) trick you know what's funny dude is that i actually either forgot about the pause trick or didn't know about it i only found out about it after i beat Mega Man one um because I was playing it on the um, on the Legacy Collection on the PS4. Okay. And the Legacy Collection has these challenges. And you can see the replays uh, for people who have also beat those challenges. Mm-hmm. And I saw replays of some people who just, like, paused it really fast. And I was like, son of a bitch. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we've, we talked about Mecha Dragon. So I think it's only fair to also talk about the Yellow Devil. Yeah. Uh, another amazing sprite. A hundred times more terrifying than Mecha Dragon. Mecha Dragon looks like a fun time, like yeah, hey, something you up? might see like a, 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 a kid's mini golf or whatever. <laughs> exactly, the Yellow Devil is something I see in the deepest reaches of my nightmares. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the teleporting mechanic, the teleporting mechanic was so terrifying. Oh yeah, because, oh yeah. You know, you were just constantly on your toes. Like constantly, like oh snap, and then you had to like figure out the pattern, and it was only through dying over and over and over again that you would be able to figure out the. Mechanic. And I, I think I think my my playthrough on Mega Man One was was hurt by having played that same boss in Mega Man Three because I relied so much upon the sliding mechanic, and I don't want to jump too far ahead oh, yes. here, but oh. but I kept seeing pieces flying towards me. I was like, okay, I'll slide under that one, but then you can't in Mega Man One. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so I got exactly. hit way more than I wanted to. Whereas if I didn't have that context necessarily, I think um, I would have, you know, done a no damage run on him. Joking. Um, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now that Brandon mentions no damage, um, we gotta love the scoring system in this. Oh game, yeah, right? Mega Man oh, One. Yeah. You get those points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they mean everything. Is Where that is points? that uh is the point system still in like the legacy collection re-release? Oh, it is, it is, it is. The oh legacy collection God. is very, very authentic. Yeah, they That's they great. down to the slowdown, they've managed to emulate everything. Yeah, That's so awesome. no, yeah, it's no, pretty I mean, much they, perfect. Yeah, but but it, it's nice and in, in being indicative of the time though, the things that were yeah. important in most other games, they included in this one because they they seem to be a factor. I mean, I I, I don't know about you guys, but I go into work each day and talk about my Mega Man high score and compare with other people. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's how it should be. Uh, Paul, before we move on, I just wanted to mention that one of the things that came out of the Kitamura interview is that Cutman was actually supposed to be the star of the game rather than Mega Man. So just try to think about what that game would have been like. 
<laughs> I don't know what that would have worked. I mean, you were supposed to cut things with your scissors. With my head scissors. <laughs> like, um, on one hand, I totally want to play it. On yeah. the other hand, so glad they didn't go that route. <laughs> then oh, we yeah. would have bad box art cut ban, and that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, a guy with, with, a, with like... a duct tape pair of scissors to his head. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it would have been like um and, and, oh, that's, that's awesome. and the last thing on Mega Man 1 is that I found it super interesting when I was going through all the different robot masters that the ones from Mega Man 1 you know with obviously a few notable exceptions seem to be some of the most well remembered ones even though that wasn't necessarily the most popular game like Cutman, Gutsman uh Elecman like all these guys are still like very fondly remembered mm-hmm. and like very relevant to Mega Man yeah. I don't know so much yeah, about mean, Gutsman, though. I still don't know what a <laughs> Gutsman is. That's true. But they brought him back. They made the Guts Dozer in uh in Mega Man Two, I think. Yeah, there um, there was. was but giant yeah, version but you're him. right. I think gut, Guts doesn't necessarily readily equate to the power that you have. Like, oh, he's got yeah. a lot of guts. He's strong. Like, I <laughs> I thought his power was going to be some type of intestinal projection. Yeah, like he would like projectile <laughs> vomit onto you or something. Haggis man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. On uh, on that note, let's take another little break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Mega Man two and three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're back, and we're going to be diving into many people's favorite Mega Man 2, uh, released December 1988 in Japan, and then June 1989 in North America, and uh, as usual, the PAL release lagging far behind December of 1990. Poor European guys. Oh man, they they just get the shaft over and over. With Probotector getting late releases, not getting any Final Fantasies, not getting any RPGs almost. No respect. No yeah, respect. It's hard. It was hard out there for the European. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the um a lot of the same team here for Mega Man 2, Kitamura, Inafune is back. Um the music notably uh composed by Takashi Tateishi. And you know, I didn't even know he existed until like six months ago or something where i was like i gotta find out who did this music exactly and uh very interesting little fact about takashi after Mega Man 2 he joined kitamura at a company kitamura formed uh takeru and then he went to konami and at konami he worked on the sound team but didn't do any composing and the reason he didn't do any composing was because Konami already had so many talented people. He just kind of deferred to them. He's like, "Oh, these people are so good. I'm not going to bother." <laughs> Which is like the Which most. It's a shame. What's that? Yeah, it's a shame. Oh my god! Yeah, what a know, what would have been? What would have been? Like, dude, you composed one of the greatest eight bit, possibly the greatest eight bit soundtrack ever, 
and uh and yet you're so you're so japanese you know like he just senpai 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 yeah speaking of music that intro oh it's so good like like oh, the yeah. greatest yeah like just the build up to it and then the punch in the face when it finally like just splashes the logo on the screen yeah, yeah. and we're seeing like the um, bottom yeah, of this building was... with this kind of dreamy music and then it's going yeah. up and building and you're like oh shit mega man's on that building <laughs> <laughs> well on top of that it's almost like he almost has like this batman pose yeah know, totally over, yeah just like know, brooding city. over the city and his hair is like you know breezing in the air and then when you press start he gets his helmet on and that's it it's time to it's time to to roll (laughs) so good so good and i don't know if you guys were aware of this um i didn't realize it actually until after i beat Mega Man one last week um the beginning of that intro is the ending music from Mega Man one which i i did not hear because my Mega Man one literally froze as wily was falling out of his ship last night and oh my god it was so incredibly frustrated but now that makes me want to actually beat it again just to see that element because that's super cool that they tied that back in brandon this yeah this wouldn't have happened if you had to use safe states That is is very true. I I was literally Um, like shaking the cart on my top loader to see if I could somehow get it to click back in, and (laughs) it didn't work. How many times has that ever worked? I think the answer is zero. None None at all. Well, uh, Paul, I mean, just to kind of round out the discussion on the music, um, Tateishi, you know, he said that he struggled with this game and composing this game. I mean, uh, basically, he was brought in and he had an idea of what Mega Man should be or the like. And uh, he brought it to Kitamura and Kitamura just listened to him and said, oh, this is not going to work. This is just too peppier for Mega Man. This is just not. He said it sounded more like something in Bobble Bobble as opposed to something in Mega Man. And it just didn't work with the you know levels itself. So Tateishi was forced to like go back and kind of like, you know, he was told, don't focus on the melodies, just focus on the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that they say it, you know, when uh, Tateishi composed the Wily Castle Stage 1, you know, he calls in Kiramura. He says, I, I got something for you. And it's almost like a, a you know, like a sly, like you're going to listen to this. And then when Kiramura listens to Wiley Castle Stage 1, they just look at each other and say, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, the way that he says it is like we were finally professionals. Like we finally had something that we could like, you know, stand up with like any one of them. Um, what Kiramura said was that song for Tateishi and myself represented a combination of all of our efforts on this music it instilled in us this feeling like we were real pros now and it's hard to argue yeah no it's yeah 100 wiley castle stage one is just amazing it's 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 so complex for an nes song at the time um it has all these progressions and even it repeats but it repeats in a way that feels very, uh, you know, different. And it feels like it changes up. It doesn't feel like you're listening to the same thing over yeah. and over again. And, yes. and, yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's, it signifies all the hard work you've done up until that point, defeating the individual robot masters. And when you get to that stage, you're, you really have that sense of, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to take this Yeah, it, it feels and, like you've gone, like, you built yourself up. And now you have the strength to take on Dr. Yeah. Wiley. And now you're going into the castle, and yeah. you freaking storm the castle. And here's one thing I will say is that I don't think that I've ever, and this might just be a product of having having watched all the games back to back to back. But 
after watching Mega Man 1 and then coming into Mega Man 2, the jump in graphical quality was insane to me. It's so much brighter. The levels are are so much uh so they're like able to breathe more mm-hmm. in a sense. Like they're so much tighter, they're designed so much better. Yeah. It was I was impressed to think that these two games were like on the same system and we're not even that far apart in development. No, right, no, right. Mega year. Man no. Two is is light years yeah, ahead the, of Mega in, Man. In 1 Mega Man One graphic. there's a lot of repetition of little scenes like you'll get through a platforming section and you'll come to the exact same platforming section um where Mega Man 2 I never got that feeling or at least as much so um yeah and 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 going back to Mega Man 1 you do realize that the game's graphics you know when you come from the older games you realize that they really did make wonderful things with the NES hardware um, after the first one, and they really got very comfortable with building the sprites. So uh, that's a very good point, Arnie. Yeah, I mean, just like Airman stage, like those big red—I uh, don't even know what to call them—they're like these giant platforms with these like really big, expressive faces on. Yeah, and yep. the, there's enemies you know getting shot about, out like, of each side of them. Yeah, yeah, and they're so cool. I was like, oh my god, it's like so detailed and so like. It's like a very good use of the NES color palette, mm-hmm. like just big bold colors everywhere, um, and it just makes it like fun. It's like I just want to be in this world. It's like so cool looking, aside from the fact that every single thing is trying to kill me. Yeah. But yeah, you know, <laughs> which makes it makes it all the more impressive that they only had three months to make this game. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they said that it was so down to the wire that they couldn't even play test anything. They they literally built something, made sure it didn't crash, and then just put it out. <laughs> but, um, and then it was like the best selling yeah, thing and, ever. Not only that, yeah, but yeah, they, they fixed a lot of that slippery feeling that that yeah. you know, like you know, Paul. I know that you played through Mega Man One, and on the latter stages, there are latter stages in the Wily Castle where I felt for sure it was an ice effect or just like yep. subtle. And but then I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's not. But I remember thinking that on multiple occasions, but. Mega Man 2, you never get that. If there's a change in how your character moves and controls, it's very representative of the elements that the character is in. So, And they had yes. water in Mega Man 2, where they didn't have water in um, Mega Man 1. You know, So there was a change in the vertical component as well. Um, yep. Which yeah, is a lot of fun, to these different too. environments. Yeah. Sorry, Ozzy, what? Yeah. No, it just it presented different environments with different characteristics. And, uh, and you know, each level felt like its own thing. Like, for example, a level where you're, like, trying to go down through the lasers. I mean, the first time I played it, I was oh, so frustrated. Yeah. Oh, oh, quick yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I was so frustrated at first when I got through that. But then you, you know, you kind of learn the pattern and you just have to execute. Um, so each level feels like it has its own characteristic and it feels very much its own. Uh, unlike maybe the first one where... You know, you had different backgrounds and the like, but it still felt like, you know, like it was a level, like just uh, yeah. the, like it was just a variation of, of similar things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the levels were a lot more distinctive in two, for sure. And Woodman, the greatest robot master of all mm-hmm. time. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> actually, I, I freaking love Woodman's power. The leaf shield. Oh, yeah. The leaf shield it's, it's, is great. It's really awesome you know I th- but the design I, I, I walk around I town like... and i see leaves i'm like these don't get enough respect <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
<laughs> it was much better than the than the Star Shield in Mega Man Five, which was completely yeah. useless. Um, so there you go. Yeah, Mega Man so One's higher power also had a circular force field effect, but it wasn't as distinctive, I think, as Leaf Man. I mean, yeah. or mm-hmm. when when I find, learned with Leaf Man on those moving platforms, I can't remember what stage in the game where you just turn that on and it kills everything around you on the moving platforms yeah. and how much easier that makes it. Um, it really is an effective yeah. uh, power-up. <laughs> well, the the release for Mega Man 2 also was the only game with an easier difficulty option. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brandon, what do you think of that? Like, do you think it affected how popular it was? Did it affect your enjoyment of it? Um, I th- think that... You know, I, I can't remember at the time when when I first played it. Um, I think if I was coming from Mega Man One and having like some, you know, um, good degree of experience with Mega Man One and knowing how difficult Mega Man One is right off the bat, seeing that at the start screen would have been a relief. It would have been okay. I can actually ease into this game a bit more. Um, so maybe. It did make it a bit more accessible uh, for people at the time. Um, I, I, for one, I've never played it on the difficult mode. Have you guys played it on? Yeah, I, 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 I did when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't like it. Right? I don't like, do that to myself. What's that? I said I would never. Yeah, do I mean, that the to thing myself. is, it, it still <laughs> is it, already tough. You know, I don't, I don't think yeah. it's a game anybody would say unless we're including the aforementioned speedrunner who jumps over the one-ups um you know like i don't think it's a game anybody would say like oh it's way too easy you know it's yeah um but i mean giving people options is never a bad thing like having having that ability to choose how difficult you want it to be i think is great mm-hmm. and it gives you the opportunity once you've beaten it once if you want a a, a, a more challenging game gives you replayability to a certain degree yeah i i know for me i found that I got so used to the normal mode and all the and the rhythm and then you do the hard mode and suddenly all the enemies that took one hit to kill now take two or three. Yeah. Um or for example in Metal Man stage you have that enemy where it's like four cylinders stacked on each other and one of the oh, cylinders yeah. is a face. On normal yeah. mode you kill that enemy and he just vanishes. On hard mode, you kill him, and then all the cylinders disperse, and you have to dodge them. Wow. And it just like it it messes with that rhythm. It's got to be Capcom had, had so to have been to. doing some some grand sweeping psychological experimental masochism <laughs> just just by having that option. Like, how much do you hate yourself? Yeah. Pick this. Uh, yeah, apparently I didn't hate myself enough. So. <laughs> like, it needs to be harder. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had statistics at the time? You know what they would have figured out if they could have actually said, "Okay, how many people yeah, actually, actually hit, use the hard yeah, mode?" To the hard yeah. mode. Yeah, I would have never done it. I, I just yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so before we move on to uh, before we move on to three, um, it should be noted that the cover art they yes. still didn't get it right. I mean, this it is looks... worse to me. What's that? This is worse than Mega Man One to me, only because at this point you you know. Right, like you know that this is not what Mega Man looks like. It is well, at least he's blue now. Incredible that that could happen. <laughs> well, he he still holds a gun as as, uh, as you wrote here, uh, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which why? <laughs> right. Why? <laughs> I mean, he 
it, like it looks a lot better, right? He doesn't yes. <laughs> he doesn't look the like the suit actually looks like marker. Mega Man's suit. Pardon? I was just saying the suit actually looks correct this time at least. Yeah, um, it's not it's, it's not still baggy. a man. Yeah, it is it's still, still it is a still a man, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never for the life of me figure out what the American localization teams were thinking at the time. Like, you see something as beautiful as, as the animation in, in the Japanese box arts, and and then they just completely butcher it when it comes over, over to the States. I, I will never figure out why they did that. Yeah. Um, and, and it seemed to be such a prevalent issue even well into the 90s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. I think it was like late 90s that they actually stopped doing that and had some faith in you know, animation can actually work in, yeah. in the U.S. It was a it was a victim of, for some reason, North America's sort of reluctance to just put anime or like Japanese looking uh, designs on box art for for anything. Um, you know, for some reason, when they designed like American cover art, it had to be like this sort of uh, fantasy type or uh, or uh, real life sort of designs right. like Deadly Towers is like that. Metal Gear is like that. Yeah. Contra is like that. Um, it was just like for some reason that was a thing they were doing. The uh, the artist for this one actually we actually do know who he is, and oh, nice. he was interviewed about it. And in a nutshell, the interview ends with, "Hey, don't blame me. They told me he had a gun. <laughs> they told me he had a gun." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was just the greatest he, quote. He, <laughs> like, that's like that's like something Mega a police like scar- a sketch room. artist would hear. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I, oh, he had a gun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not sure if he's talking about Mega Man or like the representative from Capcom <laughs> who like held him at gunpoint while he drew this. <laughs> he told me he had a gun, and he also had a gun. Uh. <laughs> awesome. All right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so, I don't think we're gonna do any better than that. Uh, yeah. On to Mega Man Three. Uh, Mega Man, Mega Man Three uh, released one year later, uh, September nineteen ninety in Japan, November nineteen ninety in North America, and uh, PAL as usual. Wow. Uh, they got it June of ninety two. That's crazy. Which is That's madness because I mean you've already got the yeah. Super Nintendo by the that Super point, Nintendo right? out. New production team Kitamura left after part two which in retrospect is kind of sad um he was replaced with uh two people tokuro fujiwara who directed ghouls and ghosts and bionic commando and uh i was very pleased to find that he went to do sweet home on the nes and that sweet home was the inspiration for resident evil yeah which was really cool and he actually as you say here he produced it he produced Resident Evil. Yeah, and he produced Resident Evil. Resident Evil was like the sweet home that he that he always wanted to make. But that's a whole other episode for us. Yep. Um, directed by Masahiko Kurokawa. And uh, he had worked on Strider and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, after Capcom, he went to do Tomba and Tomba 2 on the PlayStation. A couple of very underrated games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Art team pretty much like new team, but Inafune, of course, is the, the overlord. And uh, the music done by Yasuaki Fujita, a relatively new Capcom employee, and he later returned to do Mega Man 10 as well. Um, Fujita had a little bit of help from another uh, person named Fujita, whose first name I can't remember, 
and uh, she did the first few songs and then she had to go away on mat leave so mm. i don't know it's funny when i think of video games and they're this you know kind of fun escapism whatever but in real life people go on mat leave and then somebody else takes <laughs> over their work for them, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, Paul, what I found interesting about the development of Mega Man 3 was that, as Kiramura said, he actually left the, the, the new team with some instructions, you know, and, and he had three uh, instructions, which is don't update the basic gameplay system, uh, change items 1 to 3 into a robot dog, um, and then introduce a new prototype robot number 000, which would be Mega Man's mysterious brother. So the big changes to Mega Man 3 were actually Kitamura changes, um, which I did not realize. And uh, perhaps you could talk about those two things, which is Rush and uh, and, uh, and Proto Man. And who doesn't love Rush? Yeah. I mean, he's like a robotic Pluto. I mean, that's yeah. that's it's, he's he's amazing. Um, he looks so cute with his tongue out, you know, and he's so. I mean, when he turns into a jet or he turns into a submarine, I yeah. mean, I I could just like you know, squeeze those cheeks tight. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to I mean, pet it. <laughs> yeah, the Humane Society needs to use Rush in their advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. But that's, that's the thing is they they. I mean, Rush is just as expressive as as Mega Man, right? So they sort of did the same thing, and and he's awesome. Like I love Rush. Yeah, I have Although, all. Day you know, for maybe. Rush. Maybe I, I would hope not, but maybe Doctor Light turned a regular dog and turned it into a robot. Oh no! Maybe the Humane Society would take issue. Oh, with that's him. true. So yeah, I, yeah. We, we, we. I, 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 I don't know because he looks too real yeah, to we, not we, have been a real dog. We don't want people getting arrested for turning their dogs into submarines. <laughs> so. yeah. And and here's what I will say: um, my one contribution uh, to Proto Man is that as much as I love the music in Mega Man Two. That little Proto Man jingle is so fucking cool. It really yeah, is. Little, like, yeah, like that little whistle sound. I'd mm-hmm. never heard that in an NES game before. And I was like, oh my fucking God, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? And it announces Proto Man. When exactly. you hear it, you're like, oh man, Proto Man's coming. <laughs> you know, and then you have to fight him because, he, you know, the, the story here is that Proto Man was the, the first robot that Dr. Light designed. But he he made him too much of a robot. He did, he didn't give him enough like humanity, and so I think Proto Man escaped. And then he had an issue with his core, so he made a deal with uh, Doctor Wily to like fix his core. So that's why you know throughout the game he's just trying to do Doctor Wily's bidding in order to have his core fixed. Um, so it, it just kind of you know announces that whistle announces oh Proto Man's here, and he's kind of like. A good, then bad, then bad, then good. You never really know, you know, where he stands. He's almost like an anti-hero yeah. of some sort. Yes. He's the Racer um, X to Mega Man Speed Racer. Oh yes, oh, absolutely. And it turns out to be his brother as well. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Proto Man. Proto yeah, and it's great. good they had that whistle too, because no, none of the other enemies have that type of audio introduction. That that quick, like yeah. within within the gameplay. So it kind of put even when you're fighting them through, you know, the regular robot master levels, you're wondering who is this person? He's got to be different than the rest yeah. of these enemies. So. Yes, absolutely. and he wears he wears sunglasses, so, so that automatically makes him the cool bro. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> man! Sunglasses and a scarf. Mega Man's like, like can I get some hand me downs here, please? <laughs> please? <laughs> No, That's if awesome. there's a Mega Man movie, he's played by Johnny Depp. For sure. <laughs> right? 
Oh, that's awesome. Which made me really, you know, wish that we would have gotten a Mega Man movie back in the day. Um, does it, you know, oh, does like, it really make does you it, wish does that? Does it actually? Because it would have been so Dragon awful. It would have been so awful. Yeah, we, we got Double Dragon. We got Mario. <laughs> uh, you got Street Fighter. You got Mortal Kombat. You got enough. Be thankful for what you have. Um, but uh, Paul, another thing about this game, and and let me just say this is my favorite Mega Man game, and we're gonna like fight this out. Um, but the the big reason why it's the slide. Yeah. I freaking love yeah. the slide. I mean, the it's, slide it's, is it's, a it's, really it's, good addition. It just feels so good. It feels so good, and it makes you go so much faster. And the thing about the slide is that when you have like a hard boss or a, a, a tricky pattern, like jump, slide, jump, slide, it makes you feel so cool, you yeah. know, when you actually get into that rhythm, um, which, you know, when I went back to Mega Man 1 and 2, I didn't have that. And I was well, like, oh, the, man. there's, there's nothing um, you can, can do in 1 and 2 here. to change your speed at all, even when, whether it's walking yeah. side to side or climbing a ladder up or down, like unless, mm-hmm. again, you're falling like a brick onto spikes, like you move at the exact same speed all the time, where the slide, not only letting you dodge, you know, head-level projectiles, it is quick. It's like a quicker way to kind of get by something, or, yeah, it was a needed mechanic, for sure. Yeah, or even if you're running away from Mm -hmm. a boss, you know, like the boss is just kind of chasing you, you know, you do some slides, and that gives you enough distance to kind of turn back and shoot. Um, it, It just presents this added layer that was not complex, but, you know, just created enough variation that it made it a lot more thrilling and exciting for me. Yeah, totally. yeah I think... So I, don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, Paul. I no, mean, I, I thought I the do. slide was a great addition. The slide, I think, is an excellent addition. It's it's super simple, very intuitive. It has a great animation, like a great sprite design. Mm-hmm. It, like, it looks hilarious. It looks like the jump, yeah. but just sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I friggin' love it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, and replaying and, it, yeah, like... Fighting those bosses and having that slide available, it just makes it that much more in like that much more engaging, that much more I don't want to call it nail biting, but almost, right? Because there yeah. are there are points where when you slide and you just narrowly miss getting hit by the boss because you slide yeah, out from right. under him. Yeah. Really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um guys, can we talk what what is Gemini Man? I yeah, mean, what, what, that's, what, that's what a really great question. With that guy? Like, I, 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 I don't really know what he is. And then he has like those, you know, egg sperms yeah. you know, throughout his levels, um, is... which I, I don't know what they're about. Like, I, I'm playing through this and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, like, what are you doing with your life, Aussie? Yeah, <laughs> so. this is this is something that is is probably one of the things I like the most about Mega Man is is the the concepts for all these robot masters because. Unlike other series, um, Mega Man is very much built around the Robot Masters, right. yes. and it by by not reusing the same Robot Masters, you force yourself to create a unique set of uh, bosses for every single game. Um, and obviously, the creativity is is tested very quickly when you do this many. I mean, because first game had six, then eight from then on so by the time you get to the third game you're already 14 robot masters in and you need eight more mm. there's only so many elements there's only so many animals right. there's only so many so now you got to start <laughs> yeah. sort of scraping the bottom of the oh, totally. and, and it's some of them are so like vague in a way too or, or like like hard yeah. man is, it, is, is, is he hard, hard man. man because he's <laughs> difficult or is the is he the opposite of flaccid man 
That's, <laughs> dude, I can't believe it. Like, it's, it's yet another thing as a kid that I didn't find funny. I didn't even notice. And now as an Hard. adult, I'm like... Hardman is just it's, the best. It's so good. Like and it's like if, if, if Marvel made it's just hard because he's like a gang member. Yeah, or something. that's yeah. 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 A really he's, hard he's been for what <laughs> over <Yeah>. gang hazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even getting to to the power up, which is hard knuckle, which just confused me even further because I was like, okay, so like, are his fists hard? Does he have like fists of steel? Right. Like, what is? What's the backstory to Hard yeah. Man? Oh, I need a Hard God. Man like spin-off game. <laughs> all I do, all I hope is that in Mega Man 11 they have an erect man. <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm banking on now. But he's just like Electric Man, but they like just misspelled the, the L. <laughs> yeah, but but it's amazing. So the, I mean, if we're talking about Robot Master naming fatigue already happening in three, yeah. and we've had literally 400 Mega Man games, like what's going on? You know. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's oh, got to be tough. Well, I mean, I guess, especially in, yeah. in the idea that you're supposed to, and this was in in the interview as well, but like you're supposed to be able to start intuitively knowing what, I think Kitamura said that, yeah. that he wanted it to be like, okay, ice would beat fire, you know, that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Same like rock, rock, paper, scissors concept, just knowing logistically what, what which one would beat the other, you know, but um, yeah. Yeah. it also becomes an issue. Um, but one of the things... One of the things about this game, um, I actually prefer the music in this game over two, and the music in two is fantastic. I, I listening to it um, over you know the past week for this podcast, um, I, I've just realized that Mega Man Three, you know, it doesn't have a Doctor Wily Castle Stage One, um, but all like almost all of the songs are extremely memorable mm-hmm. and catchy. Um, I, I I think that pound for pound, it has more memorable songs than Mega Man Two. Um, and so that's a big part of why I prefer this game over two. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's an unpopular opinion, but I do think that the music in this one um, is, is yeah, better. When you mentioned that leading up to this this pod, podcast, I, I went back and listened to it, and there there are some serious jams on Mega Man Three. Yeah, and like Snake Man yeah. theme yeah. is awesome. It's just oh, yeah. it's so yes. great! It's so great. Yeah, yeah. Snake Man. Yeah. Um, I thought Top Man was probably my favorite mm. one. And the other tune is when you get your weapon and equip it. Yeah. Like, and obviously the intro song is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the intro's great. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I understand, Ozzy. I understand why you prefer three over two. Um, and it's cool. Like, we're all wrong sometimes, right? <laughs> um, no, for, for me, on, it's Paul. two. Don't, like, don't I, I, nostalgia, Claudia. I, mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I think I like two more than three but i think partially i like two because of the context of one um and kind of feeling the strides that were made between one and two you know yeah the jump from two to one is much bigger than the jump from three to two and it's also a matter of timing like if if i was a kid and Mega Man three was the first Mega Man game that i played Mega Man three would be my favorite today yeah there, yeah. there's there's very little doubt about that it's it's really really good like it they're basically one and one a right. as far as i'm concerned yeah and, and, and that's so that something with retro games like that <laughs> with with you will cannot disassociate that nostalgia factor from the game and and that yeah that's that's, a, that's such a good point i mean um it's it's for a lot of reasons why i like pit fighter more than mortal Kombat. um 
<laughs> yep. Oh no, I'm, I'm just... Hey man, don't don't sleep on Pit Fighter. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Yeah, but but that's such a good point. Like if if you happen to get three Mega Man three for Christmas instead of Mega Man two or whatever, like you, I mean, it could yeah. be a, a big factor. Yeah. And I and I don't think it's Absolutely. one to discredit either. You know, it's um, we enjoy these games for a variety yeah. of reasons. So. Well, I, I, I will give you my objective scientific explanation for Mega Man 3 being better. One, better music. Two, Rush. Three, Proto Man. Four, Gemini Man. You, four <laughs> you Gemini skipped over the slide entirely. I love that. I love that it's you like, didn't even mention like, the slide. I, I love your slide, objective yes. opinion of the music being better. The music is better. This this art form that is completely yeah, subjective, like... it is better. <laughs> yes. But, I mean... Yeah, All Rush right. is super cool. Like, I don't think any of us yep. are going to deny that. Um, what, is it is it the mystery about Gemini Man? Like, what is the... <laughs> that, that, that was just me just putting this on. <laughs> Lie awake at night wondering what where where he is, what his backstory is. Uh, let me tell you, there's no mystery with Hard Man. Everybody knows what Hard Man is. <laughs> Everybody runs. knows what's up with Hard Man. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Let's, uh, let's right. take a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll finish up the rest of the series. Well, four, up. five, and six, anyway. Yeah. next game on our plate you know because we eat games i don't know what i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah mega man 4 released uh december 1991 in japan and uh then released january of 92 in north america which i mean great job capcom and uh then january of 93 in europe which I mean, you've got a whole year there, guys. You can't release it for Christmas? What's going yeah, on? it's pretty awful. I mean, you, you, you have to wonder what was the reason behind this. I mean, it's not like you have to change the language or anything like that. I mean, yeah. I think in Europe it was just English as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what was it the hertz, the difference in hertz, like that it was 50 hertz compared to 60? Um, did they have to, like, adapt that um, for the, the European TVs? Um, I I don't know. It's just kind of befuddling to me as yeah, to why it would it really take is. a year. It's what what befuddles me is that it took twelve months instead of eleven. <laughs> you know, like Are you guys couldn't crank it out like just in yeah. December nineteen ninety two. What befuddles me is the cover art for this game because and 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 I'll, this is I I will say this is my last thing on cover art, but <laughs> this cover art this cover art looks like. They got the body, they got the suit, they got everything, 
they still gave him the face of like a 65 yeah. year old man who has like <laughs> like cystic fibrosis or something you know what like. it reminds me of Farty do you remember that painting that it was like a, a, an ancient painting of Jesus and then some person came in and tried to do a drawing of the oh, face yeah. oh my god that's one of my favorite things <laughs> like the monkey Jesus type thing yeah. like that's what it reminds me of basically. so this is, the, this is why I'm like you know it's not like the later Mega Man cover arts were that much better. Like, I feel like six is pretty much the only one where it looks like Mega yeah. Man <laughs> as yeah. we know him. Yeah, no, I, hey, man, no, no argument here. <laughs> but what's even more frustrating, Arnie, is that in the Paul territories, it's the same box art except they just fix the face. Are you serious? So the face, yeah, yeah, like it's the same box art, but they fix the face. Oh, <laughs> so oh that's my why it god! Twelve I didn't, months yeah, instead I need, of eleven. I need to look Paul. that up. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why it took twelve months and not eleven. They had to redraw the face. <laughs> what is this? Exactly. I um, feel like Mega Man exists in like a, a a pocket dimension, like somewhere. There's an alternate universe where we have all the good cover art, and everybody else has like this ancient man, Mega Man. Right. Yeah. Very well could be the case. Um, yeah, but Mega Man Four. Yeah, um, Mega Man Four. Because yeah. we're getting we're getting mired in in box art thanks to Hardy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the only really notice notable difference here is that the game was directed by Yoshinori Takanaka, who uh, also went on to direct Mega Man X and my favorite puzzle game of all time, Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. <laughs> oh man! I when I read that he did that, I was like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Capcom wanted this to be the biggest and best Mega Man game, and uh, so it added cutscenes and it added more backstory. Which, and this is gonna, man, this is gonna sound completely ridiculous, but like, I I finished Mega Man Four last week, but not before I read the whole story, and I was actually genuinely pissed because that I got spoiled. For, for like an 8-bit game. I couldn't believe for it. For what? I mean, to, to your credit, based yeah, on the it, Mega Man 1 through 3, you wouldn't have known that you know the story would reveal itself yeah. in such a way as it does in Mega Man 4. Yeah. No, no. Mega Man 4 has a twist. And uh, yeah, I would have been I would have been all about that twist <laughs> if I hadn't been spoiled ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, Paul, I mean, I don't think we can understate how impressive that opening cutscene was, that opening animation, oh, just yeah. kind of, you know, traversing through the history of the first three games and the mm-hmm. reason why Mega Man came into existence. Um, you could really tell that Capcom was really trying to, you know, drive this character into the mentality of kids at the time. And compared to like something like Castlevania, like it's not bad writing. I mean, it's it's very simple and the like, but there aren't any typos and nothing like you know turning countries from good to bad, um, <laughs> you know, nothing along those lines. Um, and it really did feel like animation. It really did feel like, oh man, this is gonna be a, an awesome adventure. It, it was a blockbuster. If yeah. I could if I could describe Mega Man Four as something, it would be a blockbuster. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think this game. I think it's really underrated. Like, I, I, I mean, Ozzy, did you did you play it? Yeah, yeah, I played it, and and uh, you know what what struck me about it. I mean, the, the the problem with this game has always been that it introduced the the chargeable Mega Buster, the Super Mega Buster, and that that has always been the knock against it. But 
as a game itself, like, oh my god, the graphics are amazing. Like, there's a stage where there's, like, a hippo on top of a platform, and you shoot down the platforms, and the hippo is, like, shooting things at you, and yep. it's a really nice sprite. It's graphically so impressive. Yeah. And, like, even, like, the stages, like, Pharaoh Man stage and Ring Man stage, um, you know, Ring Man is a little bit frustrating because it has those disappearing platforms and the like. Yeah. Uh, but Pharaoh Man stage, I mean, it's so different from everything that has come before in Mega Man. Um, you know, kind of like with mummies and the like. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's an underrated game. I, I it's, it, it's, it's weird because it oscillates between being very hard and very easy at times. Um, so the difficulty balance is not that great. But I do think it's a very underrated Mega Man. And I also think that the so in doing some reading for it, a lot of people talk about the chargeable Mega Buster and how it kind of breaks mm-hmm. the game and it makes the. Uh, it makes the master weapons kind of irrelevant. I didn't think so. Not with four. Um, no, I no. found that. So we were talking about it earlier, and it's like, it's like you guys say, like when I play an RPG and I have items, I fucking never use the items, right? Like you always save them and save them just in case you need them. And then by the time you finish your RPG, you've got like twenty elixirs that you've never used. And so it's the same thing with the master weapons, but. When I played 4 last week, I actually like kind of took a step back and leaned in and used the master weapons as much as I could during the levels. And it made the game so much more fun. Like there were all these different solutions to all these different problems and uh and they were a lot of problems that the Mega Buster couldn't solve. So, I didn't think the Mega Buster broke this game in any way personally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and I had the same experience, Paul, that I actually started using the, the power-ups uh, because I knew that I could always rely on the Mega Buster. I could always try to, you know, defeat the enemies. And that's actually what I did when I started playing Mega Man 4. I, I would just use the Mega Buster, um, but it, it really made the power-ups, you know, much more productive in a way. Um, at least that's been my experience as well. Yeah. yeah. Um at least on my end, I did want to touch on something here because I feel it's most relevant in Mega Man 4, and that was the design contest for uh, the eight Robot Masters. Yes. Um, uh, do, you, do you want to talk about that, Paul? Yeah, so <laughs> the previous Mega Man games, they all had contests uh, for, for Japanese kids where they would submit designs for the Robot Masters, and then Capcom would pick the winning entries. Inafune would clean them up. And uh, the kids would get their names in the credits, which is pretty much the coolest thing ever. Exactly. And uh, in Mega Man 4, uh, one of the the winning entries each got a gold Mega Man 4 cartridge. And uh, in reading about this game, I found that one of the kids held on to his cartridge and took it to like this Japanese, uh, you know, antiques roadshow analog kind of show. And uh, they appraised that gold cartridge at $3,900. And that was three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, just this, there's only eight of them that exist, right? It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, As as a kid, that would have been so awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, to be. Even if I couldn't draw, I would have still been, like, you know, pumping out things. Absolutely. Yeah, like, Mom, please send in the shitty drawing and (laughs) I have to get in this (laughs) game. (laughs) You imagine how many doodles they got? You imagine how much they had to sort through, you know, in terms of, like. (laughs) That's actually something that, uh, uh, in doing some research, there are pictures of, like, a room in Capcom's office 
where there's just like a mountain. And when I'm saying a mountain, like this, this Mega Man 4 had 70,000 entries. Mega Man 5 had 130,000. Mega Man 6 had 200,000. So there are just piles of drawings of different robot masters. Yep. Uh, but I thought it was kind of cool. Like, obviously, you're sort of outsourcing your creativeness to, you know, your fans and stuff. But I think it's really cool, especially as, you know, if you got your robot master in it, like, how cool is it to play to go go back and play this game and be like, I designed this, like, character. Yeah. Like, I was the, the sort of the progenitor of this idea. You know, I wasn't exactly using my time very wisely when, when looking into this, but I did a little bit of a deep dive on the artist who, who submitted, I think it was Brightman, the guy who had it his was. cartridge appraised. Yeah. And uh, funnily enough, he is now a courtroom artist. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, there like, you, you know, it's yeah. pretty cool, man. Was was he not the guy who said that he had a gun? There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but, Paul, before we move on from Mega Man 4, I mean, look, I, I think the Mega Buster is very controversial, the chargeable Mega Buster. I, I do think that it made the game a lot slower in how it played because you were always trying to charge. And it, it also had the, the, the collateral that uh, damage that you always had to listen to that you know, sounds yes. of this charged up Mega Buster. And as many know, this, you know, charging sound actually took up one of the sound channels. So it effectively cut out one of the instruments in the music. So you could never really hear the music. So I think that's part of the reason why people pile on Mega Man 4. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think the Mega Buster, the chargeable Mega Buster, it's a good and bad thing. It's not like the slide where it's unanimously an improvement. Um, so it's one of those aspects that your mileage may vary depending upon what you value. But, but then, then again, I, I it's a mechanic it. that stayed with the series. Like it was going to get introduced at some point. Yeah. yeah, and it went into Mega Man X, and it became a yeah. big feature of Mega Man yeah. X. Um, so it's it's definitely something that it was not going to go away. Yeah. No, and uh, a couple more quick things. Very like a little bit strange. The boss fights in this game. I f- when the boss health meter charges at the beginning of the fight, it drowns out everything. It drowns out all the music, and it goes really yeah. slowly. And so all you hear is that sound of the charging, and it's kind of grating. And uh, also the boss music in this game, not very good. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not, and it's repetitive, and it just, after you listen to it for like five, six times, you're like, okay, I could do away with it. Yeah, this. absolutely. Probably the worst out of the six, which is unfortunate, because I think this game is otherwise pretty great. Um, Mega Man 5, uh, released in uh, 1992, um, for Christmas in both uh, Japan and North America, and then obviously later for PAL. Um, not... Mega Man 5, I thought, was a bit of a mixed bag uh, when playing through it last night. Um, some really... It's not good. What's that? It's not good. I, no. I, it's not good. I, I have very strong feelings about Mega Man 5. I actually had to struggle to get through it. Um, and I think the problem is that a lot of the levels repeat themselves. And they're very bland. There isn't that variation of different sets of enemies and jumping, sliding, whatever... It's all very much the same enemies, and even these enemies go from one level to the other. So it's not like there are level-specific enemies that you feel that are tied to that level's theme and the like. And there are long stretches where you do nothing, and there are enemies that just repeat over and over and over again. 
and that are drudge to get through, that they're just like bullet sponges. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I found it a, a, a drudge to get through, to be honest. I, I think it's not a good game at all. No, and I thought I thought the Mega Buster in this one's super overpowered. Um, I thought that a lot of the enemies, they just kind of like, they were just jobbers, right? There, there seemed to be no reason for them to be there. They're so easily killed. And yeah. then there are the others, yeah. like you said, that are just bullet sponges. Um, yeah, and, and there's even the, the variety that you actually ride in like a, a like a jet ski of some sort in one of the levels yeah. and not even that is exciting i don't no. know I, I mean usually one of those levels i'm like oh yeah hell yeah you know like in contra or the like but in mm. this one it was just like so by the books and so kind of it, it really did felt feel like a very by the numbers game it really did feel like you know the team was just phoning it in yeah it's yeah. like okay well let's let's put this character here and there and here and there and let's do this level and so this other level and let's let's call it a day yeah um this this so. one more than any of the other seems to be the real black sheep even more so than four um or six this one seems to be the one that nobody ever talks about yeah well i mean i don't know i mean i, I have heard that some people you know see this as their favorite and perhaps it's because the graphics yeah i, I was so gonna say i've got, I've got a friend here who cites this as his favorite all the time. I'm a bit curious now to, to really grill him a bit on his reasoning you know, after doing all this uh, research and playing the Mega Man games like we have in the past couple weeks here. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and there are some stages that are inventive. I mean, look, Gravity Man stage is very inventive. Oh, yeah. I really, really dig that. I mean, any game where you play with gravity is fine in my book. You know, yeah. it's, if you just insert a gravity mechanic, you're okay. I mean, the boss battle is bullshit. Uh, the boss battle is absolutely <laughs> Oh, crap. no, I, I disagree, um, dude. I, I think, first of all, I think the Gravity Man level might be the best level in the first six games. That Gravity oh, Man think level, so? I think, is awesome. Um, I, I, and, I like, would the not one disagree really with that. And, like, the quality here. And, I don't know, the boss fight, like, I think you just have to time those shots right. I thought it was really cool, like, the way they switch oh, the- with each other and, and the whole thing. But I mean, you know. Yeah, the problem is you have to use the problem is you have to use the star power up, which I hated. Oh, I, uh, yeah. I immediately went to the Mega know, Buster immediately. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the reason why. And the Mega Buster is just so much more effective than the star power up. Um, but it, you know, as with a lot of things in in Mega Man Five, the bosses just feel like they have the same repeating pattern without any kind of changes. Yeah. And so it just feels very formulaic, where it's like it just feels like a drudge to made it out it's more of like a war of attrition rather than fun you know where something like the yellow devil you're like constantly being kept on your toes Mm -hmm. um that doesn't feel the same way in this in this levels and uh i don't know and it has probably the to what i consider the worst robot master in all of the mega man one through six uh games and that's charge man because you know that's a freaking train robot master um (laughs) lame I, i mean it's so lame. It's incredibly lame. And even his, like, attacks are just, like, he shoots, like, coal out of his, like, um, you know, train, choo train, whatever. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, no, he's definitely yeah, a Republican yeah. boss. <laughs> more, even more so than Napalm Man? Oh, yeah, Napalm Man. There's a Man. Vietnam level. Like, There's Napalm a Vietnam Man. level. Napalm Man. It takes place Man. in Vietnam. <laughs> that, that was a bold move. Napalm oh. Man. Oh man, um, it's it's surprised. almost as bold as naming it Contra. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm surprised that that they didn't have to change this for like the North American release or something. That seems like something Nintendo would have been all over. I mean, Vietnam was only two decades at that point. After that, so yeah, um, 
Yeah, but you actually fight in the jungles, and there are tigers, oh my and God. there's a weapon stockpile, <laughs> and uh, you go through caverns, and they're like, yes, this is literally a Vietnam level. Remember that time Mega Man went to Vietnam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 it kind of ruins what's so nice about the Robot Masters, where a lot of times you have no idea what the actual attack is going to be. There's not a yeah, lot of mystery yeah. with Napalm, man. You know, like... <laughs> 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 you know, you're absolutely you right. It. The first time I faced him, I was like, well, there's going to be something that's on the ground here. Get ready Like, to this guy's out. not going to tickle me to death. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, Brandon, why isn't there a tickle man? <laughs> Thankfully, they scrapped Agent Orange, man, because that would have been... Uh, that would have been much more problematic. <laughs> oh, God, oh, he God. slowly kills you instead of doing it immediately. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, and... Uh, by the way, guys, by the... God, I, that's so terrible. <laughs> um, this game introduced Beat, which was the bird oh, yeah. of destruction. Um, the absolute raining down death upon his enemies, Beat. Uh, it was basically an indestructible uh, bird that uh, just took down anything in his path, even bosses. So um, I think that was a great addition. <laughs> so um, it, it also follows up in the line of cute animal psychics um which i am all in favor of yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely Paul, i will need you to read this last note that you put in here about mega man 5 uh (laughs) because i i very much enjoyed this well yeah i i found so little meat uh on mega man 5 the one thing i did find that has nothing to do with 5 but was worth including uh keiji and afune i guess in another well they asked him um, it wasn't necessarily self-promotion, but the, the Hyperdimension Neptunia team uh, put him in Hyperdimension Neptunia victory. They took Inafune's head, a photo of his head digitized, and put it on the front of a battleship in the game. And when the battleship fires a laser, it fires it out of his mouth and eyes. <laughs> and I was like, this is just the coolest is, thing ever. And then you see a amazing. picture of it, and it's the coolest thing ever. Exactly. So, so what, his digitized face from Mega Man Five, like how? No, dude, what it's does like his, into Mega his, Man 5? his real face in his real, real life. Face. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out how it ties into Mega Man Five. No, not at all. It <laughs> doesn't tie into Mega Man Five at all. That's that's how little we think that's of this game. Yeah, yeah, it's there's nothing. It, but the thing the I love about it is that it's one of these things where you read about it and that sounds great, and then you see it and it lives up every bit to what you thought it was going to be in your mind yes <laughs> well just just one final uh one final point of Mega Man 5 uh joko shimomura who we love and we've talked about in the past at many points because of street fighter and parasite eve she composed the dr wiley stage music so um i think from this point forward after that um i don't know if she had produced if she had already composed uh street fighter by this point Street Fighter, yes, she had because Street Fighter was 1991. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so she uh, had a contribution um, uh, to this game. So yeah, she's good awesome. to see uh, Miss Shimomura coming back. Yeah. Um, Mega Man Six. Mega Man Six, yep. Japan, November 1993, and then as you said, Ozzy released uh, in North America by Nintendo in '94. Um, by '94, obviously, the NES was just completely out of style. Uh, the Super NES had been around for three years now. The Genesis for four or five, and uh, yeah, and the PS One and Saturn would have released that year. So they, the um, next year for them, but yeah, like they were on the horizon. Um, 
Yeah, and so Nintendo had the top loader. They're like, we got to sell some of these units. So they dropped the price. They released Mega Man 6, uh, Star Tropics 2, and... Ah, uh, oh, geez, what was the other game I had? Wario's Woods, I think, Wario's was the Woods. last game they yeah. ever released for the NES. Yes. Um, so in order to squeeze some more life out of it. Mega Man 6, I played a little bit, watched a bit of a long play. Um, mostly unremarkable, except that the jetpack... And the uh, the Mega Power Man, where you can punch obstacles and enemies, are yeah. are pretty interesting additions. But when I when I watch the long play, I'm like, wow, they really kind of mess with the core gameplay of Mega Man by introducing yeah. a jetpack. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it really did. I mean, because before you had the rush jet, and the rush jet you could actually just kind of get by difficult obstacles, but you were fairly limited. And in after Mega Man three, they made the rush jet so that it would continue going forward and you had limited control of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the jetpack just kind of messed with those mechanics that just should not be tinkered with. Um, I agree. I, I do think though, uh, Paul, I mean, I, I really like the, the the boss masters, the robot masters here. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they seem like they are a lot more embellished in like the design. The design seems a lot more complex. Even though, you know, Yamato Man, I mean, I don't know if anyone knows what a Yamato Man is in the U.S., <laughs> um, but Centaur Man, I mean, that, that that's a cool-looking sprite, dude. It really is, um, really and, is. And, and let's not forget, I mean, this game actually had different, uh, you know, day of uh, time of day changes to the levels. So sometimes it could be at night and sometimes it could be in the day. Um, and the, graphically, just the best Mega Man-looking game. I mean, the, the best-looking Mega Man game. Um, so I, I really do like the the robot masters in this game, even though you know they may not necessarily be as memorable as, as the ones that came from the earlier games. Yeah, they the sprites are very very big and stylized. They look really cool. Um, Flame Man, though, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if you guys. Yeah. I don't know if Brandon and Arnie, if you guys saw Flame Man, but boy oh, oh boy, like when yep. you when his level is based around oil. And it looks like he's wearing <laughs> some kind of head scarf or turban. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, it's an unfortunate yeah. design choice. It's 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 the Al Qaeda, um, you know, robot master. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. At this time, the Gulf War had already happened, so this was in the mind probably of like yeah. the Japanese and the like. So I don't doubt that. And you know, I mean, they had burned the fields in Kuwait and the like. So. <laughs> It was following up in the tradition of Napalm Man and not being very oh, uh, sensitive. To, not being very you know. subtle. No. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, but In just talking about the Robot Masters, Nightman, only Robot Master designed by a non-Japanese person. What no, Nightman and Windman. Yeah, and, and Windman Man as well. Oh, yeah. really? I thought yeah. it was just yeah, Nightman. Uh, yeah. Nightman yeah, is the so. only Robot Master designed by a Canadian, though. Oh, Daniel Belay, <laughs> yes. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, through a Nintendo Power contest. So I I don't know, did you guys see this originally with Nintendo Power? Do you have a subscription with this? Uh, Arnie, I mean, you don't count, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, Brandon, and I'm Paul? Um, I, my brother and I had Nintendo Power. I don't recall there being a contest, because we would have been all over it, anything like this, yeah. if we could submit a character. So, no, it doesn't, it doesn't come to mind. Yeah. 
I mean, it would have been, I'm sure the issues where it would have been in were probably in the 90s, so it was past the NES time anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think it was 93, 92. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I know I, I like this game. I think it's a game that, that should be re-examined. Um, quick note, it's super expensive because it came so late mm-hmm. in the NES lifespan. I mean, I'm not going to say super expensive. It's just expensive. Yeah. Um, if you want to buy it, you know, complete in the box, then that, you know, will jump up the price significantly. Um, but it's just it wasn't a game that even Capcom bothered too much with because at the time they already had the Mega Man X series on the Super Nintendo and they were just kind of mm-hmm. focusing on that. Um, so I, I didn't even bother. I mean, it didn't even release in Paul territories. No. So Nintendo just released it in North America. Um, but I do think it's a game that needs to be reexamined. If anything, just because it has such beautiful graphics. Yeah. Um, I really do think it's together with Kirby's Adventure, probably the best graphics that the NES could put out. Yeah. No, uh, no argument here. Looks really good. I'd like to play it, if only just to try out those new mechanics and see if they break the game as much as I think they would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's notable for those reasons. And uh, yeah, just to wrap up the show. Um, so just kind of taking the whole thing in, looking at it as a whole, if you had to pick one thing, Brandon, what would you say is the thing that makes Mega Man so special? Uh, to me, at least remembering when I played it as a kid, just getting the boss's powers. I mean, straight up that, you know, and wondering what those powers were going to do. Um, Mm. I I hadn't played a ton of games at the time, but that was just such a new and cool concept. Um, I think when you're a kid, like special abilities and superpowers are a thing that you spend all an inordinate amount of time thinking about like oh only if i could fly only if my eyes could shoot lasers you know like um and just knowing like there's this game where you could like defeat these bosses and get different powers is just such a cool concept um so that's that's what always stuck out to me yeah hey man that's i think that would be most people's answer um ozzy what about you well i i think to me it's just the the little blue bomber as we as we call him. I mean, he's just so so relatable. I find him to be such a warm character. Um, I mean, even compared to his later iterations, like as X and uh, as uh, you know, in Legends and the like. I think the original Mega Man from the original series, there's just an earnestness to him that just kind of exudes from even like the games itself. And uh, when I was reading the interview with Kiramura, you know, he was saying about how there's an inherent loneliness. Um, to Mega Man, and uh, that he kind of thinks about the the kid playing alone in the back in, in, in the playground, and I think that just kind of carries through, and it just makes him such a warm character. And the idea that he fights for justice, and he does this because of a sense of justice, and he's completely unflappable. I don't know. I just it, it makes him a very relatable character, and I think that's the reason why Mega Man, even now that Capcom has just kind of just you know put him on the back burner, and now it's recently just bringing him back. Um, I think that's what he endorsed as such a, 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 an iconic character. I agree. Uh, Arnie, how about you? Uh, it has to, you know, I struggle to think of a game, especially in this era, where so much of the, of the choice was put in the player's hands. The order in which you want to fight these, these people, what abilities you want to use to do it, the way you want to go through levels. Mega Man was always about letting you play the way that you wanted to play and stacking that onto amazing music, you know, some of the most expressive sprites that, you know, the NES has seen 
um, with, you know, tight controls, just made for a, an awesome experience, like, all around. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's it's just the ability to sort of play the game the way you want to. And I think... What about uh, you, Paul? I think I'm I think I'm with Arnie in in what I think of in Mega Man is just like a superlative kind of gameplay experience that I felt at the time that they were being released was f- ahead of everything else like especially that wait between 2 and 3 that was the most anticipation I've felt for a game um maybe even ever just because 2 was so far ahead of everything else graphically with the Mecha Dragon, the music obviously, my favorite 8-bit soundtrack personally, and then 3 comes out and it delivers in every way. Again, it's just better than everything else that was out there. And I mean, better is obviously subjective, right? But like in, in kind of the core ways that we judge a game, graphics, music, gameplay... It was virtually a 10 out of 10 in, in all those regards. So I don't know. That's what I think about it. It's just like this perfect fusion of all these elements. And man, it was just so much fun. So yeah. And uh, quick ones. Uh, Brandon, your favorite and least favorite Robot Master. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't ant- anticipate this uh, question. Uh, fa- <laughs> favorite would be the Metal Man just because of the power up. And how well you could use that from Mega Man Two. Yep. Um, least favorite um, would also be a Mega Man Two one, just because my brother and I uh, made fun of it so much through the game and the irony of it. We the the bubble shot. What was the actual uh, bubble, bubble man? man? Yeah, we made fun of bubble <laughs> yeah, man relentlessly. Bubble we were like, "What the hell could a bubble?" <laughs> possibly do to any of these and then <laughs> and then the, the irony at the and it was like when we got to wiley at the end we were so resistant to even thinking to use bubble um we're like well let's try heat again maybe you know <laughs> and, um but yeah so probably both both uh from from Mega Man 2 just off the top of my head here so. yeah absolutely uh arnie yeah. how about you uh, favorite, uh, you know, design wise, I think Airman. I like, I like the the look of him. Yeah. Um, but I'm a sucker for all the like really weird ones, like Skull Man and like Napalm Man, like all the all the like sort of out there ones. Like Pharaoh Man is really cool too. Night Man. Um, least favorite. Oh my God! It has to. It probably is Wood Man. I he just he looks so like stumpy and unimpressive as a robot master <laughs> no he has a headband <laughs> yeah uh ozzy uh favorite snake man least favorite charge man uh, okay okay um i agree with brandon uh metal man is my favorite um everything about him his weapon his pose that he does right before the stage starts um the actual fight with him is super fun um and uh least favorite happened last week ringman from Mega Man 4 that guy <laughs> oh, no. i could never figure out the pattern and by the end of the game i had to use two e tanks just to beat him in the boss rush he was he he drove me nuts man i hate That's that awful. guy i hate you ringman <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> 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 all right guys 
And uh, yeah, that wraps up the uh, the Mega Man 1 to 6 uh, retrospective. Um, again, thanks, Brandon, for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot and, of fun, guys. Uh, awesome. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Really appreciate it again. I know I mentioned it at the top of the show, but if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Uh, it'd be really awesome. And uh, Brandon, we already mentioned we can find you at Super Sparkster on Instagram. Ozzy, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Shadow the Collector with periods in between. Arnie? Yep. Uh, you can find me at Welcome to the Game. It's the word welcome, number two, the game. And uh, you can find me on Instagram as well, Paul's underscore game room. And uh, all of us, you can find at Region Free Gamers on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter too, but we haven't really used it very much yet. Um, but Instagram, we're on YouTube. YouTube channel. Oh yeah, and we're on YouTube as well. Of course, all of our episodes go up there. Uh, thanks for reminding me. And uh, but yeah, Instagram at Region Free Gamers. We uh, we do a lot of our chatting with folks there. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people getting in touch, and you know, it's it's exciting. So uh, again, thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Thank you. Right, thanks. Bye.